last week was uh, who do we have? <laughs> That'll be good fucking edits. We had Hoya last week. Hoya was awesome. Yeah, that was a good show. Huh? I let I'll you uh, do most day, of Actually, I got to do a bunch of edits for our next one. We're going to drop another one probably tonight or tomorrow morning. I, asked, I let you do most of the uh, asking, right? Show you enjoyed. Boy, it was rad, dude. It, it was rad. Because I mean, I don't know, you know, I don't know that. But yeah, you know, I'm not exposed to all that shit. Like, I mean, it was cool to be able to. I mean, you grew up with the guy, so like, you already knew. Yeah. It would be weird you asking him questions as an interviewer. Yeah. It was it was weird for me though, like blabbing through the whole first part of the fucking show. I mean, a damn near the whole show. I haven't listened back to it yet, but yeah, I was. I almost didn't shut up through that whole thing. Yeah. Well, awesome. I mean, yeah, it's good. It's a good show. Yeah, he even played along with my grossly inappropriate joke, which you seem to be shocked by. Bro, totally grossly inappropriate. Like, we're on a video call, three dudes, and he's talking about, like, what'd you even say, you said, man? You said three dudes as if, as if you would say that kind of joke with a chick there. See, that no, was grossly inappropriate. You know what? Like, you that, only that, that is correct, but, like, I don't know. That's just weird that you said that joke. not gay. <laughs> oh, I didn't say anything was gay. It's just weird. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> See, what you what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> that is the look you gave me. You were like, "What the fuck?" I may even have to edit it. We're still not sure if they, anybody will even know what I'm talking about. But I'm leaving that shit in. <laughs> no, you should. Probably I think I do. We were talking about a hulking right arm. <laughs> like it just popped in my head. Fucking, what's funny is that Hoya played right who's, arm. Bro, who's hulking right arm? I mean, Papa Hat. <laughs> yeah, that, look at the size of that thing. Jesus Christ, man. Oh, dude. Now, see, this is, yo, can we move on? What's the next subject we're supposed to talk about? Here? His poor dick, man. Dude, man. What's wrong with you, dude? Oh, shit. If I see Papa Head someday, he's going to smack me. I hope so. I'm going to tell him about Chopo. You need to smack that dude. I got your back. Oh, Don't worry. That dude's got a sense of humor. Like, all fucking, you know good people do like i'm shocked you didn't laugh hoya played right along i didn't even i have to listen back because i didn't even catch hoya <laughs> hoya's response apparently was hilarious I just, too I just, I just i just thought it was grossly inappropriate <laughs> i was still reeling by your your reaction <laughs> so yo I was, half, I was still half asleep how about that well i mean that's because you needed your beauty sleep man i mean you shouldn't be taking naps right before the show getting all baked no, I, sh and fucking I shouldn't be getting baked like that when <laughs> i haven't been smoking how about that you know <laughs> yeah. oh we already used we already used that one last week though, true man. loves kiss did you get true loves kiss <laughs> did somebody was was london there and she was like daddy daddy somebody keeps fucking calling you <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't smack me with a two by four <laughs> get up yo speaking of papa head so um check this right like i uh i don't know if we talked about we may have talked about this a little last week but i i so i logged into the oculus venues stuff um so the uh virtual reality shows kind of shit and what i was hoping so i like jumped on it thinking that so i said i was interested in there was a metallica show coming on last monday and, and apparently so i logged in this week at, i missed that show thinking that it was like an experience like you could go back and see it you can't like it's the actually like thing. it's a event and it's across a bunch of different genres and a bunch being like fucking four or five or something right so there's not very many and honestly there's not a lot of content in each one of them um under music the only music was metallica like no other fucking bands at all 
Like there was no country and western. There was no Taylor Swift type shit. There was no fucking nothing. Metallica was it. Do you do? Do you know why? Do you understand why that is? No. Because they're one of the only bands that travel with that much video. They're the one of the only bands that. And I mean, come on. Like I mean, the 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 Lady Gagas of the world don't tape the fuck out of their shows, dude. Come on, you know they do. Have you they ever don't. been out there? Yeah, they have to. Come on, Taylor Swift. I mean, ma- maybe like take the audio, like on, on you know, Pro Tools. No, and, and just have a stuff. fucking mess of video there and shit. You don't figure? Metallica's the so. only one. That's weird. There were only fans that I've seen that have video guys on stage with them. I mean, the Rolling Stones and shit don't have video guys that are there with them and stuff. Like, I'm I mean, not they don't on go to stage. A- not on stage, running around filming them. Also, right and I don't know. And so I, so here's the weird thing: is you, so it's only a stream. I can't see it again until Monday. Um, so I guess we'll talk about it on the next show as to what the experience is like. Because you know what I want is kind of a next. They're replaying old shows. Yeah. So this is shows from you know five years ago, ten years ago, whatever. Um, you know, it's not like it's a new interactive virtual reality experience type thing. But I still want to check it out. And I can't believe that they're the only fucking app. And I wonder, too, if you get pay, if you have to pay. I think we talked oh, about sure that. You, you got sure to pay, pay, right? Like, I mean, if it's a venue well, that only have, comes on well, once. First of all, don't you have probably to Probably like a buck on. or something. You know, don't you have to log on to Facebook to do this? It takes a what Facebook login. Yeah. Okay, well, then there you go. That's, but, that's, you know, Oculus does allow you to log in and then log back out of Facebook. So it's not like you got to stay there on Facebook the whole time. But, dude, yeah, it's but a I don't. I don't even have a Facebook account, so how does that work, right? I would have to create a create a create an account you don't really use, and then you exactly. have to log into don't, the thing and don't want and and you know whatever, right? So I'm not. I mean, I wouldn't be interested. In that just right don't away. be all jumping on it, and you know, I just around I don't know. I don't. I don't put a bunch of private data on there. Don't put a bunch of anything. Just put a fucking account on so you can log I, into the no what if you wanted to see a show? What if you were like, dude, I really hate Facebook, but I really want to fucking see this show. What if that was the scenario? What show would I really? Well, I don't know. See? I mean, you're a weird case scenario because you already, you know, you're not a you're not a good you're not a good example. You know, because you've seen a bazillion shows. Like, what show are you dying to go see? I'd like to go see another old Slayer show, though. I'd love to go see the last one at the Forum again. Both nights. And they must have filmed that, right? Had to have, right? I mean, I definitely they were fucking. We've talked about that before. There was cameras all over the goddamn place. And I don't even know what happened to all that footage. So I'm assuming management's going to do something cool with it. So there's a lot of footage. Even like when I first started with them, we, um, like when we still had like, you know, had to use video cameras and stuff like that. Tom had fucking what, four or five GoPros that Johnny would put out every night. There was one on his. Not even that. Not, not even that, dude, bro. Not even that. We used to have like a camera that like we used to film. Like they used to hand it to us. Like, all right, film this. Text. You know what I mean? Yeah. What if something like, happened? No, I'm saying like during the day or like right before oh, the oh, show. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like one time I think Norm, the old drum tech Norm Costa, right? He, he filmed them walking through uh, some tunnel to get to the stage in, in, in Santiago. Throw that shit up, producer. I want to see what it looks like. Because <laughs> it wouldn't let me in to see anything. And I meant to jump on like YouTube or something and see if somebody had, you know, captured a stream. Oh, so you're like in the audience watching it on a big screen. Oh, see, that's wow. Dude. I don't know, man. It's still pretty cool, dude. If it's a show you haven't seen before and you could just like plop there because like you don't have to stand in Oculus, right? Like you can have the little virtual thing. You just plop ass on the couch and be able to see a show. I'd watch it. 
it's not as legit as going in full on, you know, interactive, but dude, the Oculus, uh, that detached one, I mean, the graphics aren't, you know, completely insane either. It's not like running them on a fucking super powerful, like gaming machine. This, it doesn't interest me at all. This, this whole thing. It, it literally doesn't interest me at all. Interesting. You realize this may be the future of live music. Yeah. Which is even more reason I don't have any interest in <laughs> Yeah. Like, I want to be able to roll up and go, you know, fuck with Warren on stage right. That wouldn't but happen. Touch his cup and run away. <laughs> He'd end up like that other guy. I can, run the floor. I can run I'm way the faster than that dude. What are you smoking? What are you smoking this week? Uh, what do you think I'm smoking? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Still got like so much left of it, right? Because I, you know, I've had my kid over. So it's like, I, you know, it's not like I'm fucking blowing through huge amounts of weed, right? Fuck, I, I don't think I, like the last week, I don't, you know, I think I smoked like one joint, dude. Like, you know? Yo, speaking of music. Yeah. I heard some of Carrie's new shit. And, and how is it? <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's banging. It's banging. Dude writes like full songs at a stretch, but <clears throat> I've heard a couple. I've heard a couple that are <clears throat> very Slayer esque, which is kick ass to hear, but we kind of knew that too, right? Like they were, <clears throat> he had a bunch of other songs written at the end of the Pentless. Hey. <clears throat> what? Shut up. I took a big bong hit. I'm smoking so, trying to push, man. I'm smoking yeah. the push. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to light up some zombie OG. <laughs> no, but it was red. <laughs> there, uh, some of the shit's very Slayer-esque. Some of it, uh, he it's sent not. me one just the other day that was savage, and it was different sounding and, like, aggressive and punky and, is like, it, Now, is it just guitar that you're hearing, or is it, like, yeah, yeah. drum machine? No, guitar? I'm hearing it just guitar. Yeah, yeah. okay. It's rad though. The what the one last night was like punch in the face kind of music. It was nice. It was cool. Different sound. It's badass. I can't wait. I want to hear you know drums and all the other shit with it. Sure, sure. Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, it's rad. <laughs> what? I'm a fan, motherfucker. Fuck you. So am I, but you don't see me acting like you. No, because you're not really a fan. You're all jaded and hardened from the road after. No, I'm not. You know, I'm like, a fan. Meh. I'm a huge. <laughs> I just don't, I just don't treat people like you. <laughs> That's why people like me more. Cause you're, I'm way nicer. I'm way nicer. You're than jock, you. Cause you, cause you jock them. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I got to hear Carrie's new shit. Um, well, oh, oh, excuse me. <laughs> Such a jerk. <laughs> you're, joking. you're the jerk. Listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I would I would sign up for Facebook and get the Oculus to hear Carrie do shit. How about that? If that was the only way. Well, I mean, yeah. If, if you know, he had like, you know what I mean? If that was the case, that's how like that music was going to be released or whatever. I would this could be that, interesting. Right? I mean, I know I mean, he, I, I, he was planning on I, that should be in 2020. I'm assuming that ain't going to happen at all. 2020, 2020. bro. Not to get into like current times right now, but 2020 is pretty much gone, bro. Yeah, like, yeah, it's amazing. Don't. I was thinking about it the other day. It's like this that motherfucker's <laughs> half over, and it's like, what? We, we, just, we haven't gotten shit done, dude. It's crazy. Start thinking about January 2021 is where everyone should be kind of 
hey, that's when you know we should start to think about coming back. Sure, right? hopefully. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> of course, that goal will change as January comes closer, right? So, so fucked up. Dude, what was the Seinfeld fucking thing that I had said earlier? Jesus Christ. I don't watch Seinfeld. I, don't I know, know, but like, so you wouldn't even know the reference. See, that's a weird thing to me. Like, you're from New York. It's a New York thing. I thought you guys watch all New no, York it, shows. And it's no, not before it your time or anything either. We're the same age. No, I was too busy watching like Oz or something. Oz? They weren't on yeah. at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching Three's Company, bro. What do you want from me? No, Three's Company was before that. Like, you're missing the entire <laughs> genre. You were out being a thug kid in the street or some shit. Like, you don't even know what was on TV at that time. Seinfeld was on TV. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I was too busy listening to Howard Stern. Howard Stern started in D.C. I grew up on yes, Howard Stern. You did. I got, I'm, 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 deeper, I'm deeper in Stern than you are, even though, like, you guys claim him from New York and shit. It ain't how it is. <laughs> You're such a hater, bro. Why don't you get him on the show? Can you get him on the show? No, I'm not. Well, speaking, of, speaking of guests, <laughs> why, don't you get, why don't you get, if you're so cool with Kerry, why don't you get him on the show? <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> you want me to? I'll hit him right now. Don't you dare. <laughs> I mean, we like, could, but like, like I, yo, I would, fucking here's a feel, here's a Zoom feel, bridge, man. Fucking have Aisha fire that bitch up and get you online right now. <laughs> I had, I feel kind of fucking weird. It would be, it'd be weird. Like, I'm not. I'm, like I'm super my, uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, like, it's like my boss, dude, and like my friend, like. You know what I mean? Like, even though, like, you know, like Hoya was different. Right? I grew up with him. You know what I mean? Like, Kerry, I've known for a long time. It's not like I grew up with the guy, but it's like, I would feel so weird. I mean, I'm still very much fanboy and could ask him a million questions, but it would still be super weird. Like, I have a different relationship with him now, and it would be weird. I want to think, like... It would be cool to get I him and Aisha. Like, get him I want to say, like, like, Dave and Jeff were the biggest storytellers, right? And we would have to, like, look at Kerry and be like, what what year was that? Like I carry no, like you know, hey, what tour was that, Carrie? Carrie He'll goes, tell oh. stories and shit. If you no, no. Him, like telling stories and shit, but it would be weird yeah. on a podcast. I mean, I can't imagine him in a little square on this video. <laughs> 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 that seems like it would be weird to me. I'm not sure I could deal. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe. Look at Gary, you know, Gary's different. Like, we I got different relations. It is. It's different. I don't know why it's different. Because Gary's, you know, Gary's fucking awesome. Gary will be a great guest. You know, I may end up uh, rolling out near uh, Sacramento even. We're talking to a uh, partner out there about setting up a lab with them. And um, they're looking at spots in SAC. Could be interesting. It's out there near Holt. Because, get this, here's an interesting thing on uh, in the world of cannabis. One of my old clients, the... Uh, uh, one of the executives um, <coughs> has tanked and they started uh, let, moving to terminate and he decided he was going to rat out his own operation and his own people. So they, uh, they ended up dealing with, uh, dealing with the sheriffs and Do you want to name this guy? Lose the license. No, 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 it ain't my style. Like, cause I'm not a tattletale. Speaking That's of which, um, Omerta, like one of our sponsors. That's good fucking yep. shit. Yes. Zero to respect or loyalty. 
And that's what, that's what Omerta is all about, right? So it is, it is. Dude should learn a lesson, but you know. Are you gonna teach him that lesson? No, karma fucking comes around. <laughs> karma comes yeah. around to people. But yeah, that, that's you, fucked up. You man. can't operate like that for long and you know, it's just fucked up. It's fucked up to see. It's too bad. Yeah. People, people have no up. loyalty anymore. Zero loyalty. Everybody just yeah. wants to fucking get their own. Isn't that mostly how the cannabis industry is though? But no. There's some people doing some good shit. But those guys um, those guys generally have no money and aren't funded. You know, and so like getting capital. The people that have capital are shady dicks and then the people kinda that don't like have your, any capital, you know. Kinda like yourself, huh? Yeah, I was one of those guys. I had capital once. It was my own though, and then I started. But, but you were you were never like a shady dude though. No, we just, you know, no, we wanted to you be. Always did, yeah, you always tried to do the right thing. We, we yeah. grow dank weed, want to make great shit. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's well, well, you, you know what? Because I, I started, <laughs> I started um, watching more, like, you know, obviously now, like, just looking into, like, the cannabis world or whatever. Because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a culture, right? Stoners and whatnot or whatever. And uh, it's For interesting. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see, um, you know, just how that works and how that is. It's all still evolving. We'll see how it goes. I mean, more and more states keep flipping medical and will keep flipping medical. Virginia just yeah. decriminalized, like officially, I think their rules went on the books last week. But I mean, what, I'm, what I mean is like, there's people that, um, that aren't uh, pro-hemp or pro-weed, marijuana, and that are jumping in and, and trying to make money off of it. You know what I mean? There's a lot of that going on where it's like Most these guys of, have no you idea. Know, a lot of people thought it was like a dot-com bubble type thing where you could build sort yeah. of an artificial yeah. valuation and then flip that and make a bunch of money. And it's it, not like you know, it's, it's much not. More. It's, a, it's a it's a culture. It's a stoner culture. It's a whole world. It's a whole like you know that and, well, and, that and it's world. like and it's widget manufacturing, right? It's a constant care and feeding kind of thing. Not only like both you know metaphorically as well as you know tactically like it, they're plants growing right and you're, it's a constant cycle of them growing you're you're growing it's like growing fucking tomatoes right and they got these great tomatoes grown a very specific way and it's a you know it's a whole fucking thing most people are not prepared for that level of you know agronomy and you know packaging and you know product marketing and then also understanding cannabis culture and how all of that stuff works and what stoners that are willing to spend a shitload of their income on, you know, products are wanting. And then, you know, are those guys, a lot of the real stoners are growing their own weed. So like, are, is yeah. that even like figuring out who your market is and shit? It's a fucking mess. Dude. Yeah. And then in some of the biggest markets like California, they tax the fuck out of it and it gets taxed at like the local level. And then well, California know, is level. the prime example. Well, California to me is kind of the prime example of what not to do, right? They legalized it, and yet, like, look at Colorado. They legalized it, and they're swimming in, 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 in money. You know what I mean? That went yeah, to, like, swimming in money is probably relevant. But, but yeah, yeah. Like, no, but it, it, it went to good things. Like, it helped build the city back. It went to schools. It helped build stuff like that. Where it was just California, I'm sure, could use that. It was they a could different, use that. Uh, you know what I mean? It was a different approach, right? Like, they, you know, we we didn't have – like you know california had a medical market for so many fucking years before they ever went recreational and their medical market was kind of wide open like a home grower that was licensed medically which their licensing program was never nearly as strict as any other state 
could basically sell all their extra product to a dispensary. And that's how the dispensaries got their product. And so whether that guy claimed taxes on that and claimed that revenue as income and shit, like who fucking knows? The whole thing was a mess. It was very gray market-ish. So to overcome that into a regula highly regulated market, like what they tried to do was almost impossible, right? In yeah. Colorado, by the time the medical market really started to develop and like growers realized they weren't going to go to jail for it, we could do that same California shit, but we could only do it for like six months before they shut that whole fucking thing down. And yeah. then it was like highly regulated even on the medical side. So the flip sure, to recreational sure. was like, oh, well now just anybody can go in the store, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It was yeah. difficult from a like compliance and controls and all the other shit you had to do, but it sure. wasn't, well, it wasn't a, a clear shop. Well, that's what a lot of people, also, dude, the state is fucking enormous. It's the size well, of like that's, that's, that's what a lot of people don't think of. Like, um, you know, uh, there's all this stuff involved behind, like, you know, trying to just make it legal and, you know, who's going to actually distribute it, right? Like in New York, like I said, dude, get all these bodegas want to be, you know, we want to be the ones selling. It's like, <laughs> of dude, course. That's, yeah. That's not how no, it works. Ganja, like, no, like, I think it's yeah, that's, that's, that's what I mean. And like, shit especially is super That's not how it works, man. No, like East Coast stuff approaches it, tries at least to approach it much more like a pharmaceutical kind of thing. Well, okay, so I can only oh, He's in the waiting room. Our guest is in the waiting room. Holy oh. shit. Holy shit. Oh, holy shit. Look at us. Who, who do we got? Who do we got? Why don't you introduce him? Who do we have today? Uh, we have uh, one of his nicknames is uh, Mr. Mexidime. Mexidime. <laughs> you know one of his other nicknames? Mr. Metal Mike. Mr. Mike DeLeon of Flesh Hoarder and Philip Anselmo and the Illegals. Yeah. What's going yeah. on, dude? What up? What's up, my bros? How you doing, man? <laughs> What's happening? Not too bad. Just... uh. Getting off work, getting a little bit of food, and uh, getting ready to hang out with my homies here. Cool. Well, yo, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. I've been looking forward to uh, looking forward to this. Like I said, I was watching some of the earlier episodes, and uh, you, you guys, you know, it seems like it's a lot of fun with all the you know all the homies up on here just talking good times, gear, and you know, good memories, man. So That's yeah, it, so. Yeah, and well, let's dive, into, uh, let's dive into where we all even met. So the first time, I mean, you've known Warren longer than longer than we've known each other anyway. Yeah, I've, I've met Warren probably, uh, I would think about two, maybe two or three years back or so yeah. now. In yeah. Europe, right? I think it was in one of those festivals, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, in Europe. Yeah. And then I remember uh, running into you over at the, um, the Mexico show at Force Fest, which was that okay. big... Uh, yeah, I was working that show, but I was over on the other side and I didn't get to come over and meet you guys. But yeah. I saw y'all oh, play right that on, show. Man. Well, I think we yeah, would kind was... of we, we would kind of communicate like <laughs> on social media once in a while, and then we would kind of both be like, "Hey, man, you know, next time we are actually physically together, we'll we'll hang or whatever." You know, so yeah, always. And every time we you know we've ran into each other, it's always been uh, good times, man. And lots of fun yeah, so we just get to get together smoke a bunch of weed and laugh right so fuck yeah. dude <laughs> when on the on the big slayer tour it was like we wake up and i would just get the text message every morning like you come know like, fucking yeah come burn man and it was just like a i'd walk off the bus like such a day in, in a daze and it would be it'd be time to time to you know rise and shine man it was always good it was always dude, fun day. I would make Dave smoke it like what, like eight a.m. Dave, right? Wake you up like let's Dab's go. Let's at eight a.m. and shit too. <laughs> like it's just like, fuck. and then and then and then remind you like, oh hey, we got to load in about an hour or so. 
<laughs> yeah, for for me, like that's the time I usually wake up. You know, nowadays I'm always up by eight a.m. and she got a, got a fresh bowl ready to go, man. And you know, usually I got my acoustic guitar right next to me on my on the couch, so I'll play some guitar, you know, smoke a little bowl, and get my day going, man. Nice. So you're like you're a wake and bake guy, right? Yeah, I smoke. Uh, I, I mean, do you bust out a couple of cups of coffee first, or do you just blaze right down? I blaze right down. I'm actually really? not a coffee guy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big coffee drinker. My girl loves a coffee, but I'll usually drink some some chocolate milk or uh, you know some orange juice or something. Wow! So you just get so nothing to keep you pumped. You don't. So you don't ride the hippie speedball wave. You just go right in and start getting high as balls. I would say coffee. Weed is my coffee. I smoke wow. weed, and it nice. gives me the energy that I that I need to to get going. And and I, I smoke throughout the entire day. You know, from, yeah, from see, the I, time I you know wake up to the time I go to bed, I'm you know trying see, to at, trying to stay at, high. At home, I, I don't I don't uh, I don't wake and bake. I get up. I kind of do. I get like I work out. I kind of get my day going. Then as soon as I'm done with that, that's when I start waking. Right. So. Yes. I go into a couple cups of coffee and like, and so I hippie speedball all morning and then I force myself to eat something. If it's getting to like 11 o'clock and I haven't eaten anything, I'll make sure I eat something just so I at least try and stay a little healthy. Cause otherwise like, you know, I can coffee and bong hits. I mean, well until like noon in like a pot and a half of coffee. And then, and then I get a little tweaked out and quakey. <laughs> yeah, bro. You start fucking coffee and that much coffee and weed. Jesus. I mean, the weed's fine, but like, bro, you're counteracting everything. With the coffee, you're riding the right? wave, dude. You're riding the wave. And then sometimes if you really want to go, like you hit like some nice jack or something, like a hard sativa with the coffee. And then it's like, just goddamn, right? Like you go out and like bust out some shit. <laughs> dude. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. When it comes to like, uh, you know, the, the, the sativa and the indica, I'm a definitely sativa kind of, you know, a daytime kind of guy. Okay. I'll, I'll cruise, you know, sativa, or, you know, I'll, I'll hit the pin and, and just kind of cruise through the day. But then when I get at nighttime, like, I'll, I'll try to switch it up and get Mainly into some flour or dabs? Or I guess you're in uh, Texas, huh? Because the dabs are, like, totally different down there. Like yeah, it's a, like, 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 like wax is, I mean, it seems like it's a little harder to get in this part. I mean, I'm, I brown I on it, around. I hear, dude. Like, I hear even, so I've heard stories even that even, like, if you get busted by the, in the wrong county, with one of the carts because the carts is a concentrate right that's just put into yep. a little vaporizer that they'll that's call fun. that like concentrated oil and they treat it like meth or some shit like yeah. you like it's Dude, that's, drugs it's exactly right i actually had a friend of mine like right up the road about a year or two ago got arrested with a cart and he got put like in 10 years in jail or something because <laughs> Like it was a it was a felony and like it was it was like having you know like some salt on how how long ago was that? Uh, probably at least the minimum of two about two years or less ago when wow. he got he got arrested in New Braunfels, which is just a little up. Yeah, the road. I know where that is. There's like a river. Everybody rides through the fucking like tubing and shit in New Braunfels, don't they? That's right, the Comal River. Everyone likes to cruise down there. I used to do that. Yes, as a kid, man. Like I used to go to Texas. So Mike, my family Mike, was all from the Houston area and shit. Did you grow up in Texas then? Man, I'm born and raised a Texas guy. I, I still live in the same town that I uh, was born in. My mom and dad lived about, I live about 10 minutes up the road. So uh, I'm, I'm from a town called San Marcos. It's about 30 minutes from Austin, 30 minutes from San Antonio. I'm like right smack a dab in the middle. So it's a perfect little location because all the metal 
usually comes to one of the two towns. Yeah. So I'm like, it's a nice. good spot to like try to catch all the good shows, you know, as they're coming through. And, and uh, it's cool because anytime I travel around the world, I always like, it's like a tradition. I just like, oh, I, I'll cruise back into San Marcos, which is my little town. And it's just like, it's just, it's, you know, you see everything out there, but then coming back here, it's just, a, it's just like, man, I'm, I'm back home. There's, yeah. What's there's that the like, days, man? So you know, when did you start playing? I've been playing since I was, I mean, I first picked up the guitar at three years old. I was Holy shit. Been playing, yeah, at three years <laughs> so old. So what's my, that like then? Like a, coming from a small town in Texas, like you've been playing as a living room, bedroom guitar player since you were a little kid. And now, I mean, for the last several years, right? You've toured all over the fucking planet. Like, yeah, I mean, to the start, farthest red, stretches of the globe and shit. There's no place you haven't been at this point. Dude, it's fucking, it's, we've, it, it's been crazy. Like, at first, it didn't really start uh, hitting, hitting around the world until 2014. So it's been about six years of just strong, move, moving and moving and moving. And, uh, but like, you know, being a Texas guy and, you know, from way back in the day, my pops was taking me to all the big concerts. And uh, like at four years old, my first show, I was, I, my, he took me to see Stevie Wonder and it was wow. sickest and then like wow. a few weeks a few weeks later i saw steve Vai and uh and david lee roth and i was just what? a four-year-old oh kid, on which man. tour on which tour on on the eat em and smile tour really oh, yeah it was, oh it's it like was, the greatest ever i was four i was and i was there and i'm telling you just those those little moments in my life just never they never stopped i was just always going to concerts and always seeing shows and my so dad was always play was he a me. musician he had to have been right to be taking you to shows at three and four he was a singer gotcha. he loved to sing go. yeah, he, yeah okay yeah he was a singer. he still he still loves to sing and uh he my a little secret my dad does this, this little hand a hand tr trumpet where he does this thing with his nose and his mouth and he makes a trumpet sound. It's the, it's the coolest. <laughs> it's, it's the coolest thing, man. And, uh, yeah. So he was, you know, he was heavily into music, and it just he took me to concerts, and I was, you know, pick up the guitar, and he was he was really into, you know, I was into it, and he was behind me a hundred percent. So it was it was just really cool to uh, to be able to to do that, and it just never stopped, man. It's just so formal training. Did you do formal uh, training along the way? At, at 12 years old, I took about six to nine months of guitar lessons with uh, with my old guitar teacher here in San Marcos, and it was it was a really good uh, experience because he showed like, me like theory, like the ropes. Yeah, like some theory, and okay. and like I was in in band in school from sixth grade to to twelfth grade. So from so, sixth grade, so you knew how to read was, music and stuff. So what were you playing in band? I was a percussion. I was I was always doing bells. Or uh, and like in ninth grade to twelfth grade, I was on the the, the marching drum line. So I was always out there, you know, during halftime of football, playing the, you know, marching on the on the field doing the drums. So like music wow. has always been a really big part, and wow. all that really helped me mentally with the developing of you know rhythm and and getting on time and and everything like that. So it helps sharpen. So you can up. read drum notation too. Then can you read standard notation like I mean traditional music? I mean I could read tra traditional music. It's been a little while since I've I've read it. Drums, man, it's been a while. But, but you uh, but you were able to at the time though. I mean because that's what yeah, you read, yeah, right? like drum notation isn't the same. I can't I can read nor or I used to be able to read normal you know notation. I can't I've never been able, drum shit is totally fucking different. 
like I bet you if I would have put a drum drum uh some music right in front of me I could probably tell you right off the bat exactly what's going on I'd be like that's what he's doing this drummer's cool. doing that's what cool. snare is doing that because that's what, rare what, for a guitar player right a lot of guitar players just sort of learn well, well here's a fucking chord and here's a chord and then I learned to play this <clears> song and they never well, really what, learned rhythm and how everything all works together and shit that's legit what drew you what drew you to guitar then yeah um is it Eddie I mean, Van you, Halen, man, you know, like, <laughs> just, yeah, Eddie and, and like all the shredders of, you know, uh, uh, Joe Perry from Aerosmith was a real big influence. Carlos Santana, you know, was a real big influence. So that was just always, I always played guitar. I was, even when I was doing percussion all those years, I was always had a guitar in my hand when I wasn't doing that. So it was just, I was always doing something musical and, after high school, it just, it didn't stop. I was in bands and it just, it just kept on going. I just never, so just never what, gave it up. What was the, what was like the band that kind of drew you to metal? Then? Uh, I, I mean, it sounds I, like you were I, seeing I some heavy shit even from the onset, but a lot more like flashy type. I mean, all the Vi and, you know, I mean, all the, yeah. you know, kind of uh, like, even you know, the dude from uh, Poison, CC DeVille, that guy yeah. from Poison. Oh, he's he was a, a big influence. Yeah, yeah sure. big influence on he's me. So Phil, Phil always makes fun of me because I always talk about CC. <laughs> he laughs at me about it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, but that's a good question, shredder, right? Because like, what took you like? Because you play for some fucking heavy, heavy bands now. Like, what took you into a lot uh, into the heavier genre? Well, I, I would take that back to like high school and, and and my friends saying, "Hey, man, let's go check out this band." And we went and saw uh, Cannibal Corpse. You know, mm -hmm. like in the early, early late nineties, and that that was. The deal breaker. Was that I mean, Chris, I was, Chris Barnes or Corpus Grinder? That was Corpus Grinder's first tour. Okay. It was his first tour with the band. Okay. It was it was tour number one, and uh, we saw it in uh, in San Antonio, and it it just changed. That changed it all around. That was I started delving really harder into like more extreme music, and and that's when you know I just spin up heavy death metal dude, you know thrash dude, and just been into all the heavier stuff since then, but. But Metallica, Slayer were right there, and then Cannibal Corpse was like the crossover. All right, I'm into this heavier stuff right here. So, did yeah, you ever get? Have you played with Cannibal Corpse? Did you ever get to tour with those guys? Man, back in my old like my local band back in the day, we used to we were called Disfigured. We used to open up for everybody back in the day, but we never got to play with Cannibal Corpse until finally last year. The illegals got to share the stage with Cannibal Corpse, and of all places, it was at Hellfest in France. Oh, so wow. I was like, I, I was like, man, finally we're playing with Cannibal, and of all places in the world, we're in France, man. So it was, it was pretty awesome. Uh, I, I know Warren was there too with Slayer. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were hanging out that night at the show and stuff. Man. That was I'm pretty. That was I'm a, pretty sure, uh, Dave, that was before I met you. No, that would have been when i just didn't go to europe oh really yeah that would have been that that summer run where i didn't jump over to europe you guys were over there okay you were there yeah i remember right? hanging with uh with, with warren and the guys uh during the day on the bus we smoked a big a yeah. big joint that <laughs> oh yeah dude. that's when i first met uh the drum <laughs> the, the drum tech uh, uh who, who was it at the time because that was kind of Francis? Uh, that, that changed Francis. No, no, was it wasn't Francis. Francis. No, it wasn't Francis. It was John, John Goss? Yeah, Goss. Yeah, right? Goss. Yeah. That's his name. Yeah, 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 John Goss. He's the homie, too, man. Yeah, he's a good Goss dude. Yeah, he was super good cool. Good dude, man. Uh, yeah, I'm going to... 
Francis was already around. a rock star by then. Right? Yeah, he's doing Buck Cherry. Yeah, yeah, he was already a rock star by then. <laughs> he, Goss was fucking cool. hilarious, dude. Like when we when we played together at that last show. So have I sent you that video, Warren? I don't know if I sent that shit to you. So Mike came up and sang Tom's parts during the because you know um Anders always plays songs during sound check, right? So we were playing Slayer yeah. songs and shit. And so Mike came up and sang a couple of the songs and shit. And uh we got Goss highest balls beforehand and like he couldn't play like he was fucking hilarious like it was like as soon as i had gotten out there he was like ripped and then couldn't play for shit and uh <laughs> pat dick got all upset that was uh that was a dream come true man being able to go in and sound check tom's mic and be able to sing the seasons in the, the abyss with you guys yeah, Seasons in the Abyss, I was about to say South of Heaven, but man, those, it was two days in a row, and it was just, just, it was an, a, a metal moment I'll we sort never of did, forget, uh, We sort of did Jesus Saves, too, sort of. Yeah, yeah, and we did a little piece of a, of a Pantera song, too, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was insanely cool. You even got, you got to play Carrie's Rig, too, man, like, I wasn't there that yeah. day, I was up in Washington, I think. Yeah, the... We we got to hang out the night before. We, we were we were we were having some drinks at one of the local bars, and uh, Carrie and I were just just hanging out and talking. And he he told me he if I wanted to go up and play his rig, then like he was like, hey, tomorrow after sound check, come on up, and you know you can you can jam jam the guitar. And you know I'm I'm just this this dude, man. It's just you know it's a fucking dream come true to be able to go up and just hit that open E in that fucking arena and just. You know, it was a, it was a moment. Six cabinets. Six cabinets. It was, it was fucking raging. Like, holy fuck, man. Yes, it was just electricity right through it, man. Just, just rocking. And we were in LA, we're at the forum. And, uh, and it was, it was pretty amazing, man. That's cool. Amazing. Yeah, good times. (laughs) Oh, that's right. That was the first day at the forum. (laughs) Actually, no, you were right. That was the, that was at a different show. Maybe Kentucky, you said? No, maybe? I think it was at Washington. I think because I, I wasn't there for Washington, and then I bounced back in in San Fran, Vegas, and L.A. And so I think it was up in Washington. I'm not okay, sure. It could have been one of Washington. those days at the Forum, though, because I wasn't – I was staying someplace else, and I came in. I caught that last one where you got to sing and shit. It yeah, was super- oh, yeah. It was super fun, man. That was – I still think about it all the time, you know. I'm, I wish we could go back to November and just, just – see Slayer again and just get, you know, be back in the live music setting, seeing all the homies and just, you know, I'm I, just like everyone else. I'm missing it, you know, and I'm ready to get back to fucking jamming and smoking and fucking laughing and, you know, hanging out. Let's talk about how you got into Flesh Order and how you, how that, like, how, you know, is that your band that you started or did you, how, like, give us a little history of that. All right, Fleshwater, man, awesome. I had a practice with the guys last night. Um, nice. Fleshwater is a band that started probably back in like 2012. We were uh, just some dudes who were all played in different local bands. I was in Disfigured. Our drummer was in Disfigured. A couple of other guys were in some San Antonio bands. And uh, so it's we all, all just dudes local to that area. Yeah, anyway. Just a bunch of Mexicans, all five Mexican dudes. So it's just, <laughs> it's. It's super cool, and uh, we're all bros, and we've just been friends forever. And uh, we were just like, man, we were we were partying in the back of a car, you know, the back of a car days, and uh, 
something just happened here. No, that, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Go, to, go to gallery view, too, if you haven't, Mike, just so that you Yeah, know. yeah. Yeah, I have it on gallery view. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, so when cool. it goes black, it's uh, we're we're sharing a pick. Sick, awesome, man. That's that's perfect too. Um, yeah, so we were just a band doing you know, partying in the back of a ride, and and we wanted to start our own band, and uh, we started hanging out and making music together, and we 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 released our our first album in uh, like 2017, 2018. And um, now we're working on a brand new album. We just got signed to a label, New Standard Elite, and it's a really good up and coming death metal label. And nice. um, we're about to put out a new album, and it's fucking guys. I'm telling you, I wish y'all could hear these tunes. It's super sick. It's super Can't heavy, wait. fast, brutal, just just old school brutality, and it's. It's gonna be good, man. I can't. I can't wait for everyone to check it out. And we're, we're tightening up all the uh, all the loose ends on uh, on uh, you know the live version. It's recorded. It's done, and it's gonna be out real soon. So I'm That's really excited ass. about that. Yeah, it's heavy, yeah. man. Super cool. It's killer. So when did you transition? Then like when did when did you transition to like doing touring bands, national bands? Like when did you get hooked up into the illegals, and then all of a sudden, you know, go from a dude, you know, playing in local clubs and all that shit to, you know, the biggest stages in the world with like dudes that you'd, you know, looked up to for your whole life. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll say I, I got to give a lot of honest, I got honestly got to give a lot of credit where credit is due. And that's going to be to a guy named Billy Milano because I was in a band Billy. with him. Yeah. With Billy, I was in a band with him, um, back in like 20, 12 2013 he he was living in austin and he asked me i had met him through the through the austin scene and we just became friends and he asked me if i wanted to be in his band mod and he was putting mod back together again and he was like we're gonna do some sod songs we're gonna do some mod songs and i was you know i was just a, a young dude doing my thing so that was really huge to me that he you know, even asked me, you know, if I would be interested. We had worked together at a, co at a couple things in Austin. And uh, one thing led to another. And we... Um, yeah, and Billy, man, there he is. Yeah, there there's, is. there's the man right there, man. Had some good times with that guy. And had some bad times with that guy, too. But we definitely, <laughs> He's crazy. You know, crazy, crazy. He's man. crazy. And, uh, but I, I got to give thanks to Billy because he... Uh, he definitely, he, he, I, like people ask me back in the day, how is it jamming with Billy? And I, I tell him it was like going to um, like rock and roll school and he was the professor, you know, he was, he was putting me in shape. He, he we were doing four hour jams and it was just like, he was, he made me a way better guitar player by jamming with him. And we were doing all these old crossover hardcore thrash songs yeah. from back in the late 80s and the early 90s of his career and then doing all the sod stuff of like of the late 80s so it was just it was just something new for me and it made me it took me from right here to as a guitar player to up here because i had to tighten things up and with billy he was just watching me making me making me you know making sure it was done right even these dumb funny riffs they had a little twist to them, so they had to be right. So, so I, I was, I was in that band. We went overseas and uh, we played this festival in Germany, and I was super stoked because we were playing with 
Phil and Samo, who I was already a big fan of with Pantera, you know, and his new band, The Illegals, who I already caught here in, here in Austin. And uh, so I was excited to be able to share the same day with those guys. So we get to Germany and I introduce myself to the guys. Hey, you know, we're all, we all just said hello to one another. And uh, I got to smoke a big doobie with their uh, uh, the bass player, Steven, who's now the guitar player in the illegals, Steven. And, uh, you know, we just, Taylor, we yeah, just it's, you know, Steven's fucking like, awesome. Yeah. I, I, I owe a lot to Steven, man. Steven, so always looked out for me and he's a real a real dude man he's a, he's a real straight up dude cool. and um he's always looked out and 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 look 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 you know for everyone and uh i call him a mastermind man because he's, he's good smart people. yeah he's good people and um well that day i had no idea but when i was doing sound check in front of a few thousand whatever i was just warming up before with mod went on i was playing these death metal riffs because i was a death metal kind of dude and they were side stage kind of just watching us and what we had going on, you know, and, and I didn't know, but at, at the time they were kind of scoping for a new guy. They were looking for, for someone else, you know, and whatnot. So a few months, a few months went by and, and Stephen called and said, Hey Mike, uh, would you be interested in jamming with the, with the illegals? And I'm telling you at the time I was working at a fast food pizza joint here in San Marcos. And when I got that call, like, I was at work, like, fucking sweeping or something. And, like, I was just tripping. I just was, like, ah, like, just screaming, you know. I was, you know, just this young dude really into, you, you didn't know, let Pantera. that on to Steve-O, right? Like, I mean, you, with Steve-O, you were like, yeah, yeah, all right. Like, maybe I can. And then you hung up and freaked out, or did you freak out with Steve-O on? I freaked out as soon as I hung up the phone. With <laughs> I was like, we, I hung up the phone and I just, I just immediately tripped. But at the time I was real busy with uh, Billy Milano and MOD. We were right in the middle of, of writing and about to record a brand new album. We, he, Billy and the band, we, we were working on a brand new album, which is the new album that was released three years ago. It's called Busted, Broken and American. And it's a ripping fucking hardcore CD. Has some ripping thrash riffs, and it was it was awesome to be able to be a part of that. But as soon as we got home from recording in San in um in uh the San Francisco area in California, as soon as we got home, like two days later, I woke up on a Wednesday morning, and and Billy had broke the band up. It was uh you know the band was over. He, there was some issues. He just wasn't happy, and he had fired all. You know, he, he let go of all the guys in the band, and I was just bumming out for a few weeks there, man. I was just bumming. I, I was, you know, this guy who just had fire underneath me and just wanted to jam. So I called Steven back up and blew from the illegals. I'm like, hey guys, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I, I just got, I just got let go from, you know, from jamming in this band and I'm still interested in jamming. Are, you know, you guys still need somebody. And uh, a day later, uh, I got an e email from Philip, you know, I had sent him an email uh, and told him what was going on and he emailed me back and I remember just flipping because it was my first time ever really communicating with Phil and, uh, you know, it's Phil, he's, he's the boss and it's super cool, super good, super awesome. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, a, a week later, I, I got a phone call on a Wednesday again and he said, and it was Blue saying, Mike, super joint is out here at uh, The Layer, which is Philip's recording studio at Philip's home. 
and all super joint was getting ready to do the uh, Danzig tour. So they were all out there practicing. And he's like, Mike, you know, would you be interested in coming out tomorrow and, and jamming with us, you know, and, and trying out for the illegals. And, okay. um, and I already had learned the entire first illegals album because I thought I was going to be trying out. I remember learning all those songs and uh, driving out to Philip's house for the very first time. I left at 8 p.m. on a Thursday, and I got to his house at 2 a.m. on a Monday, on a Friday morning. It was eight hours of just driving by myself, yeah. listening to Deicide, smoking <laughs> weed. It was a, it was just a ride I'll never forget. And I remember pulling up to Philip's house and being at the, you know, just being there and taking it all in and and whatnot. And then the next day waking up and trying out for the first time and just on my nervousness was just through the roof i was this guy's played with dimebag daryl you know what i mean dimebag was was the man you know and he was plastered all over my walls as a kid you know so 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 for me to to be in a room and i had a guitar around my neck and i'm about to jam in front of philip it was i was pretty nervous and surreal I telling it was surreal and and to be in in the layer which is where gowns recorded and super joints recorded yep. it's a it's a it's a famous little spot i was just, i was pretty nervous uh dude and i remember telling steven uh, you know how nervous i was before philip walked in and steven looked right at me and he was like bro you're here for a reason, man. He was like, just give it your best shot. You know, he's like, he's like, that's all I can tell you. He was like, you know, you weren't, you wouldn't be called here if, you know, if, if for a reason, man, just play as best you can. And that's all you can really do. So Phil walked in and I remember it. I was like, all right, this, this is it, this is my time. And I'm telling you, I learned the first album thinking, all right, let's start playing the songs. And immediately he wanted to work on new illegal songs, something I didn't know whatsoever. It was like, let's start showing him the new stuff. And within a day and a half, it was like a, a day and a half, I learned five songs and my brain wow. was a jumble <laughs> of just blast beats and grind and five minute songs of just epic, extreme death metal. And I walked away, you know, fully confident and everybody was just like this we just felt like it was it, it fucking was on and you know? I do, yeah yeah it, this, awesome. this was it you know it was it was on and and it's been history ever since man and, and it was right up my alley i didn't know what you know new illegals was gonna sound like and it was just brutal shit and i was like this is this is where I, i'm supposed to be right here and and it's been just family ever since with the guys you know we're all super close and and whatnot and so, it's still a trip jamming with phil you know but when it's just it's been awesome when you first did like stuff overseas was that the first time you had been overseas yes when i first went with mod that was the first time i had ever been overseas and wow. i'm telling you in my in my head in my point of view i was just this local mexican metalhead you know <laughs> yeah. so to be so to be taken out of out of where i've been for the last 15 years and thrown in the mix and now we're playing hellfest you know main stage there's that's insane fifty thousand people you know <laughs> that's crazy all you got to do is go up there and fucking rock it as best as you can and you know give them some metal and just feel i mean how was that experience though even from like being a guitar player that had played smaller clubs and all of a sudden because just the sound and shit is different right like i mean oh, yeah everything 
like everything about it is different and all of a sudden you just got to go bang it the fuck out like there and there's no way to prep for that kind of thing like until you've just done it seat time like i remember right before the hellfest performance me and our drummer mikey who's still jamming with billy and mod they they ended up hooking back up a few years later okay. and um and, and mending stuff or whatnot um that day at hellfest though he was a, he was nervous he was like dude you know look at the crowd you know and, and i was like bro i had a big old bowl and a big old bowl of weed i was like take this hit this this is this is gonna fix it all we down <laughs> or make just, it way worse <laughs> yeah one of the two and, and it just it put us in that zone of just we're fucking ready let's just go out and just tear it up the best we can representing texas let's go out and fucking and rock it and uh it was an, actually in a fire performance you know we, we played an hour set and we gave them everything they wanted and it was it was fun man and that was right at the same time the three-day weekend the same weekend that we hooked up with the illegals and, and all that stuff man so wow. it was it was pretty it's pretty wild and then philip took us you know philip we've, we've been busy with the illegals we've we've gone all over the place it's just it's been an amazing ride man it's been a good time so nice. when did, on the illegal side when did you guys start busting out the pantera songs and whatnot okay uh that's a good question man uh that would be i guess we, we were on tour probably september 2018 i'm really good with the dates i'm pretty good with these dates i remember september 2018 we were uh on tour and that was that would have been know, right before force fest then right so it was only yeah. right before okay i mean, yeah, that, I mean dude, that, dude, hold on so when i didn't realize that was happening at force fest right so yeah, we're obviously either. sitting there watching the set and all of a sudden it happened and I'm, i just looked at my brother i'm like dude is this really happening right now like i freaked bro. out i freaked out i got a little bit of it on tape and shit i'm just like yo <laughs> Dude, it, that was right when it was so that was only a month later because like, that was like october yeah. 7th that we did that so it would have been only like the second or third I, I think i like was sitting down i stood right up i was like whoa to break like, that down for us like like at what point did you guys discuss it like how was it having to then play dime shit you know like i mean it's a big fucking deal bro i'm okay so like it all started and 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 i'll, I'll say it was because of the passing of Vinnie Paul. Yeah. That that was like, you know, for Philip and for the you know, for him to get in that mind frame again, which he hadn't done in twenty years, really got in that Pantera mind frame. Makes sense. You know, I remember talking to him, we were talking to him and we were saying, you know, if 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 any time to do it, now is the time to give the fans, you know, those songs you know, in tribute to, to Vinnie Paul and Dime, you know, he says it at every show, it's at utmost for the brothers, and, and he means it every single time. Sure. It was just, in his heart, it was just meant to be. It was, he was ready to, 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 give, to give back, you know, to, to give them back. And then, you know, we were sitting at the back of the bus and we're, we're going over songs. He's like, we can do this, let's try this. And I remember, sitting back there and being on my phone and plugging into the speaker and listening to those albums, Pantera albums with Philip and seeing his reaction for songs that he hasn't heard in years, you know, sure. to, for, his, for his mind to be able to go back and be like, whoa, you know, 
you know, the, the lyrics he was talking, the way he was singing, he was, you know, he was trying to hit those notes again. Yeah, it was just, savage. it was a really, a really cool moment, you know, in time. And then, you know, we just started one by one learning all the songs and even the Dimeback stuff. I'll tell everybody, you know, we tell everybody we're not Pantera, we're the illegals. You know, we're, we're just trying to, to pay tribute the best the illegals can do to, to sure. the, you know, to the memory of the band, especially like, on the party side, we like to have fun and we like to joke around and, and party, you know, and hang out and stuff. So we like to bring that old school vibe back into the game, you know, not be so serious about everything. We can play our tunes, but still have fun with it. You know what I mean? And that's what Philip wanted to do. And, um, but I had told him, I was like, Philip, I was like, I, I, you know, I'm, I've never been a lead guitar player to just going straight, straight. I've always been a rhythm kind of guy, you know, straight holding that rhythm down. But with Milano, I remember having to learn some old school solos, even some hardcore style solos that I was not really, I was like, you know, metal dude learning these kind of songs. It really yeah. shaped me up. So when I told Philip, the, 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 uh, he like totally like took a bunch of weight off my shoulders when he told me, um, my, you're not Dimebag, Zach Wilde's not Dimebag, there'll never be another Dimebag. He was like, you're Mike DeLeon, you're in the illegals. He's like, play them as best you can play them. You know, put your heart into them, you know, the best way you can. Cool. He was, you know, he was like, try to hit all the, the main notes, you know, hit the notes you're supposed to hit and just do the best you can. You know, when he told me that, I'm telling you, like a lot of weight was just lifted off my shoulders and I was like, all right, I can do this, man. I can do the best I can, and it's it, it, and it'll be good. And and it's been it's been as best as it can be. You know, <laughs> people on you'll read the comments all day long, but for our end, we're happy. The fans seem really happy to hear the songs, and and that's how that's how it's all been, man. So it's been real. It's a real eye opener so for everybody. How did you learn the solo? Did you do it by tab or just by ear? Uh, okay, so when we were all learning the songs, we were, we all in the illegals, we, we had our, our, our way of learning the songs. We had, we did it like in a group. We were like talking so much, but like, uh, tabs, videos, watching, <laughs> uh, watching other guitar players do the cover on YouTube and yeah, then yeah. watching like Dimebag do the clinics when he was playing the solos all right, he's on note five, he's on note six, he's sliding up to 12, you know, let's try to get it as close as we can. And that's, that's what we've tried to do. You know, like I said, obviously we're not Pantera, but uh, as the illegals to pay tribute, we're, we've tried to get it as you best as we can out. and whatnot. I mean, Mike, like the energy you bring to him and stuff, like is fucking awesome, by the way. Like, I mean, you, you, yeah, do, you guys great. do a great job. Play it so. A wonderful tribute. Like it's fucking awesome to watch you bang them out and you play them great, right? Like, and those aren't easy solos. So that's interesting too. Like, it, so you just, you had never really jammed a lot of solos before. You knew enough theory then to be like, okay, here's what he's doing. And you know your way through scales and all that shit because you know music and everything, right? So it's not like it was just foreign for you to carry a solo. You just had never really done it before. And so you had to apply all that shit you knew before to, because like, for your average dude that bangs out a lot of riffs and rhythms to pick up and be able to pull off those solos like that within a couple of months is, it's an achievement. <laughs> like it's pretty fucking huge. 
like fortunately what helped was like i said growing up as a texas guy pantera was just i mean i remember being a kid like eighth grade and like standing in front of the mirror and having pantera on and just looking in the mirror with the guitar yeah yeah. Yeah, we're like i you know i want to be that guy just jamming out and then my dad taking me to see in 99 or 2000 taking me to see Incubus, uh, Pantera, Black Sabbath at oh, the wow. Alamo Dome and us being at the freaking nosebleed seats and wow. looking down and seeing Pantera coming out and opening with Domination. You know, you, yeah. you, you want to be on that stage. You want to be <laughs> rocking. You just, you're feeling that energy. So if you had told me, you know, then one day, you know, you you're going to play be those songs there. like on yeah, that stage with Slayer. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out. you know but it's it, it, it's it's been a dream come true and like i said it's it we're just trying to have fun and and smile and jam and headbang and just play those songs and and have fun man and 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 like philip says it's for the fans the fans want to hear those songs and you know they for, for for the younger crowd who never really got a chance to to hear those songs you know it's cool to see those guys, the parents and, you know, you know, just everybody out jamming, man. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Slayer songs and Pantera songs. Those are something that metal fans just want to hear any day of the week, any time of the day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can wake up and eat that shit for breakfast and, you know, go to bed. (laughs) I I remember, I remember when I first got word that we were going to be doing the, the Slayer tour, I was in, uh, I went to see Slayer. It was uh, May of 2019. And that was the night I hung out with you, Warren. And yes. uh, we smoked we smoked down uh, uh, backstage. Yeah. And uh, yeah, totally cool, man. Super impressive. Like still, I'm just blown away that you could pull that off that quick with that kind of confidence in front of like, I mean, if Force Fest, is For- if Force Fest was the, maybe second or third time you would pull that off. It was cool as shit to see. Man, I want to say that was like the second one or the third That's one. Cool. We've done it like just maybe once before. And what did you guys but play? I, what was the song? We were doing uh, like uh, I'm Broken. We yeah, were doing yeah. uh, A New Level. Yeah, we were doing Domination. We were doing a bunch of those songs yeah. at Force yeah, Fest. Phil. At Force Fest, Phil from Sacred Right came up and did a song with you guys, too. Yeah, he did Unbroken with Phil, with yep. Phil man. It, yep. it was both of them together jamming out. That was the first time I met the Sacred Right guys. And yeah, me super, too. Super cool cats, man. Yep. Force Fest, man. That was a fucking piece of shit. Dude, that was everybody well, bailed, too, right? Wasn't Testament supposed to go? Lamb of God was supposed to go? Like, it was a whole, that was just a weird shit show. <laughs> yeah. The mud was epic. <laughs> so epic. I mean, we all kind of knew what was happening, right? When we, when we went in, you know what I mean? It wasn't like we got there. We were like, oh man, this is a mess. We all kind of got the call a couple we days before. Like, hey man, a mess. This but is. I, uh, yes. I had no idea what I was getting. You, into. yeah, you didn't know. I, I, you know, I knew. I was like, all right. I was it my birthday the next day? Yeah, my birthday yes. was. The, that was my birthday show. God, that's yeah. <laughs> We we it was cool seeing you guys. Back. Yeah, it was cool. There was still a bunch of good bands out there that you know bands. Yeah, out there. I mean. They made it happen, kind of, you know, like, with all kinds of weird shit. Like, we, our van got stuck in the mud. Like, dude, the whole, the, the power at the hotel went out there. Remember that? Like, it was all, you know, like, it was crazy, man. Like, you know what I mean? We, I remember, like, didn't we walk into catering and it was like, they didn't have anything? It was like, oh, boy. It's one of these our van like- <laughs> stuck in the mud, right? It wasn't our van stuck in the mud. It was, it, it was. I was stuck. It was mine. 
it was yours yeah. <laughs> oh that's horrible because <laughs> like we came up behind you and those guys were stuck and like we were like drive 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 because he started to slow down it's like dude don't slow down dude, don't stop. Get stop whatever you do yeah like and that's what this guy Keep did we're like fucking... no 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 so he turns oh, around man. the side side of him we ended up making it back to the hotel it was so brutal man i, I questioned will... all my decisions at that point <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty uh muddy man we everybody was like knee deep walking through it all crazy. too so, yeah like we the, went back I, to mexico uh last uh the, the last show we ever did the last illegal show was back in mexico city and you know with force fest being the last one that we did before i mean we did some in between but like like club shows but like festival wise we hadn't been there since force fest big uh, with a big fest and it was the weekend with the coronavirus was just like really hitting. So 2020. So it, yeah, it was still, it was in March. And, uh, and um, it was again, it was just like, Oh wow. It was like canceling. one of the last ones then. One of the last, yeah, it was one of the probably. very last ones and, and bands were just canceling left and right. And it was just, you know, everybody who was there made the best of it. And fans still showed up, but it was just, you know, a lot of bands, King Diamond canceled, uh, you know, a lot of Rob Zombie canceled, a lot of bands were canceling because, you know, because of the whole coronavirus thing. But we still made it down there and we got to rock out with Deep Purple. So that was pretty badass. It was cool. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. You guys do the, uh, that Exit 111 where Leonard Skinner played? I know we did not do that. I wanted to do that, but we yeah, didn't do I was that. Curious. I didn't go so, out. So here's a funny story, Dave. We did, you did uh, that one, right? We, so we did a bunch of shows, right? No, I didn't do that. I wasn't there. Um, that was part of the South America one, right? So I wasn't there. It was like right after it. Yeah, or something. So, um, but, uh, so we played a bunch of festivals with Leonard Skinner, right? And there was a couple of times where the oh, dress rooms were next to each other. Right, this was in Europe. So you would walk up and see Slayer and Leonard Skinner, like, <laughs> and you like two of the most screamed bands at every concert, right? Someone always screams out Slayer and Skinner, right? <laughs> at every concert, even though Slayer's not playing, someone <laughs> scream out Slayer, right? You know what I mean? Same thing with Skinner. Somebody scream out Skinner. I never yes, thought yo. about that. It's weird. It's That's pretty it's weird to have them both yeah. at the same show. So that wasn't the only time. When I first saw that on the bill, I was like, wow. No, we, we did a bunch of shows in Europe. We did a bunch of shows in Europe. We did like huh. Hellfest. Hellfest, we had the same, we stayed at the same hotel in France with those guys or something, you know? Wow. Seems like a weird blend of music, like in crowds. I mean, whatever. You know, I didn't, I don't think I, I can't remember. I, can't, I don't remember those. I like, watched that. I, I remember watching them at Hellfest, but I was in the catering, but you could hear all the all the bands playing. And I remember Leonard Skinner was playing Freebird. And every, you know, it everybody loves Freebird. It's their song. Sure, sure. And, and and as soon as as soon as it finished, I just remember anthrax hitting the main stage and I was and like they were going right into anti social. I was like, what total opposite <laughs> i was like that's the know, best like, thing what? about europe man right like totally so, but is it the same the first... people that stay up there for both sets or is it like different mobs that then mob in and out because there are 50 fucking thousand people there it just well it's like two main stages so it's just uh, back and forth one yeah. finishes and the next one starts and it's just a mob of people out and about Depends on the setup. You see, Dave, you don't you don't have any festival experience in Europe, right? You don't know how. You don't know how. No, I wish I had gone. Like I, you know, I especially now I wish I had gone because. So, know, Mike, what 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 was your first like European festival? Obviously, it was with MLD, but like, what was your first time playing a festival where you were like, oh shit, like 
I it's mean, crazy. this is not a club, like, you know? Well, our, our we did three festivals when, when I first went over there. It was the first three shows we did were three festivals. And the first one that we did was Metal Fest Lorelei, and that was the one in Germany. And that one was probably about five to 10,000. And then the second one was, was Hellfest. And, and for me, that was like, I'm telling you, I didn't know anything about really much about European yeah. festivals. So it really opened up my eyes to, to see how it ran and how it went down. And uh, I can't remember the name of the third one, but Hellfest, oh, the, the Dockham, it was, a, it was one in Holland. It was kind of a smaller one again, but it still, it was still had a few thousand people. But Hellfest was, for me, on my end, was the first big experience to, to play. And we played the main stage and Slayer was actually, Slayer was there that same day that we were, that, that MOD played. Slayer was there that night and so was Iron Maiden. Oh, wow. I remember seeing, oh, really? okay. yeah, Iron Maiden and all there. This is 2014, and I remember seeing all the, uh, like, the number of the beast and, like, all the Iron Maiden props backstage and just tripping yeah. out, man. Do they do the yeah, full the full shebang at the festivals and stuff with Eddie rolling around and big and they got all, they, yeah, yeah, they got all that. Yeah. They, do, they do their shit wherever they go, man. It's me. That's awesome. <laughs> Those yeah, guys fucking totally. Rule. I saw I mean, them in Switzerland, like, in, like, the mid-90s. Dave, there's also there's Early a lot of 90s. bands like like Maiden and, and ACDC. They don't do festivals. You know why? Because they are the festival. No, you know what I mean? Like Rolling Stones doesn't. They don't play festivals because they just play their own shows. Dude. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? That many people show up to those shows. Yeah, like definitely. ACDC, you know, dude. Imagine ACDC, right? They just show. You know what I mean? They just do whatever they want, basically, right? So just throw down in a big stadium. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Wherever, yeah. you know. So. Same thing for Metallica, you know, they they'll, oh, yeah. they'll do some festivals, but they don't really need to because they'll bring well, in. Well, that's talked about that, what, like on the on the Bellow episode, didn't we? What, like that they kind of did. Like, I didn't was, think about it from what, that side that it was cool. What happened was, Big Four. What happened was uh, Metallica started doing the Sonosphere. That, that, that's why they took part of the Sonosphere, right? So that was their way of playing festival. You know what I mean? Because it was their festival, right? So. Totally. So that's as that was their way in. They they threw their festival. Yeah, exactly. So you know, yeah, see, you're right. Like Metallica doesn't need to play. You know, it doesn't matter who opens up Metallica. It's Metallica. They just you know, yeah. They play and people show up. <laughs> like <laughs> everybody shows up, man. They, we were talking about just before you got on, Mike, that um, Metallica right now is the only ones on the Oculus venues streaming shit. So it's like virtual reality stuff. And apparently you can go back and watch old Metallica shows, but it's only on Mondays and they stream whatever show. They don't even tell you what show it is until, cause I think the last time I was looking at it was Sunday and then I missed last Monday's show. And they tell you on Sunday, like what show is coming on Monday. And then you plop ass in the audience and, you know, watch a, you know, a video footage, I guess, of whatever concert. Kind of cool. You know, I've actually been watching Metallica Monday every Monday night. Oh, nice. Okay. So wait, what is it? Is that on Oculus? Are you watching it on Oculus or are you watching it on something else? It's on YouTube. They stream, oh, so they it, on stream YouTube. it on YouTube. YouTube, yeah. And I throw it on my big screen. And like my girl's been getting she was like, Oh, it's Monday again, Metallica Monday. <laughs> so the last couple of Mondays she'll like her and the kiddos will go over her sisters and I'll invite some of my buddies. <laughs> See, my you should get down on that VR shit because you'd be able to just plop ass on the couch next to her, put earphones in, and then you're still hanging out, sort of. 
and you're watching your shit and you know they can do their thing that's a cool idea i'm gonna try, i'm gonna check that out man <laughs> but yeah i definitely watch that metallica monday every night i'll i get fucking baked and just watch some metal play my guitar try to jam along to the old songs and you know just get into the vibe you know what i mean it's it's a it's a show and like you said it, it, they do something different somewhere from their past every monday night so it's just gotcha. cool to see different set lists and different you know time periods of the band and you know honestly for me when it comes to metallica not that i don't love cliff but they don't really show too many of the live shows with cliff but jason man he was he was a badass in that band you know he really held that band as a bass player and rob's a cool dude and all but man fucking uh jason was a metal ass dude man have you ever guys ever met him before oh yeah i've hung out with jason he's super cool is he man oh, i yeah. met him one i met him one time and right after he left metallica and he had just joined voivod and they were opening from sepultura in san antonio and he was just mingling with all the metal heads outside the club before the show you know, when he had just left Metallica, man, and uh, he was super cool, man. He was yeah, he super is, cool, he, man. He was absolutely super cool. He um, he was all about the metal. Dude, he came up, and uh, we did a bunch of shows with them in uh, in Europe, right? Like uh, like a handful of shows, and um, he was uh, he came up one point during the show, smoked a joint with us on the side of the stage, you know? So it was great. Like, like we smoked one. With no, 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 this is like when he was doing Newstead. Okay. Right. Right. So this was like, like probably like I don't know, five years ago, maybe six years ago. Something. Yeah. Yeah. So something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he had uh, we smoked a joint with him, and then he he busted out a joint with him. You know, I got one too. We're like, what? So we smoked that with him, and then we busted out another one, and that's when he was like, whoa, you guys are crazy. And we started laughing. It was, it was actually <laughs> fun. He was really, he you know, he was a nice guy. We we stayed at like the same hotel with him. Like, he's a nice guy, man. We ended up interacting with him a bunch of him in his band and his crew like we're all good dude that's cool man he yeah. seems like a real cool cat <laughs> yeah, yeah man, justice was i think my favorite metallic album i like justice i mean it I'm, that's my bass. favorite album that's my favorite I, album too dave he did more bass on it. like i wish they had like thumped up the bass a little bit but still it's a good fucking album the songs on it and stuff were my well, favorite you, you can album. you can listen to the remix they, they, they did a remix with the bass yeah i heard turned up yeah. so yeah my my girl just bought me a Father's Day hat a few about a month ago, and it's a Justice for All Metallica hat. It has like the under the logo I mean, nice. underneath and See, the album knows. shit. It's sick. She yeah, knows. She, she knows. <laughs> for sure. That's actually that's probably one of my that's probably my favorite Metallica. Yeah, yeah. me too. That's you know, my favorite so, Metallica album. Yeah, yeah. So it's people so always like you know obviously like Kill 'Em All, uh, 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 Ride the Lightning. You know what I mean. Master Puppets, like those are classic records. But there's me, great songs on all that shit. I love them all. But dude, like Justice was right. awesome. Oh my god! I think part of well, it was because I remember like waiting at the record store before, like, because it was summer. I think that that thing dropped, and so I had it that morning. And me and my buddy, you know, stuck it in the cassette player and shit, and listened to it in the car on the way home. And I mean, the drums, like the snare, kind of sounds like he's hitting a paper bag and shit. There's several flaws on the mix, right? But still, it was fucking awesome. Well, I mean, look, I, I got I got into it later, right? I was a kid that like I got into Metallica during and Justice for All, like, and then I went back and listened to the other records, right? Interesting, interesting. Same thing with Slayer, right? I heard South of Heaven, and then was like, oh my god, and then went and listened to the old records, heard you know, Rain and Blood, and I was like, holy shit, what the fuck is this? 
that's probably that's probably what happened to me like i yeah. i didn't know really know metallica until like yeah one was on you know exactly MTV. Really? Yeah, yeah and i was like yeah. Ew. i was like what's yep. this you know and then huh. and then you know like i said my pops was into music so he was like yeah what you know what's this about you know and then he took me to walmart and i remember buying the injustice for all cassette and i was like fucking hooked and it was just that album that was like got me into it, and then I remember buying Master and Ride and all the other ones, yep. and even even the Black album. But just uh, Justice for me, man, just sticks out as the one. You know that I'm just like I, I love I love that one the most. It's, well, it's such, I, a, I, such a I, sick album. I feel like that doesn't happen nowadays, right? Like back when you know we were kids, like if you heard a band, you know if you liked the band, you would go and do the research and like buy their records, listen to their other records, right? Because you liked the band. Whereas I feel like people now just, you know, they'll like a couple of songs from that band and that's it. You know what I mean? Digital yeah. music, man. Digital music right. has destroyed that shit. It really has. It's There's weird. benefits. There's total benefits. But Jesus, man, it's really fucked a lot of shit up. Yeah. At least from it's, the way it used to be really like opening the fucking album or like opening the. Yeah, totally. Man. Man. Just the whole Dude, thing. Yeah. Just opening the album and the aroma of a, a brand new CD and the smell of the booklet, I mean, as dumb as it sounds, it had a smell and yeah. you had artwork and it had lyrics and you wanted to check all that out. There's, God, there's none of that. Opening those fucking CD anymore. rappers too, man. It was like the hardest fucking thing. Yes, yeah, a pain in the they butt. They didn't put the whole <laughs> thing to like wrap the sleeve. My God, they were, and I, even oh, then, man. right? Cause the top would come off and then you got to fucking fight with the whole thing to get it off. That shit kids today will never know, man. <laughs> even the early CDs when they used to sell the big box. You know, it was like a real thin box, but it was yep. like a real long it's like, box. It's like a, a rectangle box, dude. That's how yes. CDs were sold. Absolutely. That's exact. That's exactly yep. right. I remember. I remember buying. Uh, I was a big fan of this band called Ugly Kid Joe from yeah, back yeah. in the yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, dude, <laughs> Whitney. They had dude, a, everything about you song, right? Yes. Dude, uh, yeah, yeah. That's my buddy, man, Whit Whitfield. That's my homeboy. I did. A, I did a tour with them back, and I got like he was. You know, I was. We, we used to hang out all this like trade numbers. Every time he came to New York. You know, we would hang out, whatever. I've lost touch with him over the years, but that's my buddy, man. We feel great. He's a he's a great. He's a I've good dude. always I've always wanted to see Ugly Kid Joe because even like I'm saying back in the day when I was a kid, I was really into the band. I used to have the cassette of the band. So like as years gone on, I'll still you know out of nostalgia reasons you know throw on a couple of those old tunes and be like jamming out you know and. But it'd be cool to see Ugly Kid Joe at least once, you know. I mean, know, I think, day. I'd like to see them. I think they got back together and, and like, done shows recently, man. I yeah, they, they look, have. So, right? Like, the last five years or so, they, they got back yeah. together. They went to Europe and, and did, yeah. like, a, like, an anniversary of the first few album tours and yeah. shit, man. So, yeah, that's killer. I think, I think, I'm not sure their story, Dave, but I think they're, like, straight up, like, were a backyard band that got discovered and just got thrown into a studio to hear record a record. You know, so that was what early nineties, right? Uh, yeah, it was like a like eh, mid early nineties. Let's check out right. some guitars. I want to talk guitars. I want to see some. Yeah, let's talk. Are you endorsed let's by talk. Jackson at this point, or do, is that just what you have an affection for? I am officially for like the last two years endorsed by Jackson Guitars, man. And right. uh, I have uh, my main one is the one right back here, but I must have. I got a couple of other ones right behind me too. I got another Jackson back here, but uh, I must have uh, maybe like seven or eight Jackson guitars. And uh, 
it's just I just love the. I used to be an Ibanez guy. I used to love playing Ibanezes, and I actually have a daughter, and her name is Ibanez because I used to. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, my baby. Uh, that's my baby Damn. girl, and uh, and um, yeah, totally. Some people are like, "What does that mean?" I'm like, "It's a guitar, man." <laughs> and uh, but then one day I just I started playing Jacksons probably a little bit later in my life. Uh, high school time but still a little bit later and uh just never ne never looked back I've, and then just been a v guy all my life i love i love the yeah. v's and it's just for for me as a shredder now it's it's a lot of fun and it's i can go and do my thing and you know go and shred as much as i can and i got there's nothing all in open, your way it's all neck nothing in my way open wide and uh just whammy bar action was never really a whammy bar guy but now i'm just like I love doing the squeals and the dives. It's just, it's part of the game. You you're know? a Floyd guy, right? You're a Floyd guy? Yeah. Uh, I, I could go either way, but I would lean more towards a Floyd guy for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely more of the Floyd guy. But sometimes I'll, I'll just play, you know, just, just go up there. Like with Flesh Hoarder, I use a seven-string uh, Jackson, but it has no Floyd on it because we're just doing brutal death metal. You're saying so on either really... way as a Floyd versus Hardtail or versus Floyd versus Caleb? Have you yeah, ever no, played Floyd. on a Kaler? Uh, yeah, I played on a Kaler a few times. It, okay. It's cool too. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a, it, it's a little a, a little much for me as a, as a Floyd guy. I'd rather just use the old school Floyd Rose. So if you're uh, gonna use a trim, you want to use a Floyd. Otherwise, you'll just go hardtail if you're just banging out riffs. Definitely. Yeah. Exactly. And with flesh holder, that's what exactly what I do. We're just we're just straight up doing doing brutal chunky death metal so i don't i don't have a whammy bar it's just seven string death metal action but with the illegals i definitely have to have that whammy bar even if we're not doing the pantera side of things and we're doing the illegal stuff with our songs we, we definitely have some floyd rose stuff going on so i'm doing, sure, I'm sure. doing, doing a lot of that stuff. let's yeah. check it out can you grab it yeah let me go grab my guitar real quick give me a second yeah. I want to grab my Beavis and Butthead guitar, actually. Yeah. Do it. I want to yeah, show that it. guitar. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah, this do guitar. It. Do it. I've been smoking OG all day. Let me see if I can do this right. Awesome. Yeah, so I just got this done as a Jackson Rhodes right here, B, but it has like a... Wow. It has like a Beavis and Butthead finish on it, man. Yeah. Butthead, Butthead, he went on the other pick, but I just got an EMG installed, so I, he had to go... <laughs> but it also has a, a bowl to smoke weed out of right here. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Yes, yeah, yeah. so you can load it up. And then, like, the spot to hit it would be, like, right where I'm at. There's, like, a little hole right there. No, no. Just so, kinda, yeah. Really? Yeah. It's no. -uh. You hit it right <laughs> on up, man. That it's is cool. ridiculous. It's a, really, it's a super nice guitar. It has the Floyd Rose. And Wait, and nice Jackson and openly built that for you? You told him, like, I want, did you define design that? Or did they throw out that, yo, we could make a bowl into the fucking volume knob? Okay, this is actually designed by a personal friend of mine named Z. And he's been doing a lot of guitars in the area. And he designed a couple. He, did, he I have another one back there. He designed, that's like a Texas Chainsaw theme. And it has, like... It's pretty wicked, man. Like it looks like fucking Texas Chainsaw. And then I I had him do a BBS and Butthead on the back. He did like the illegals logo too, like in the Butthead logo. You know, so that's a Jackson. That's something from Jackson that they sent you. Did they send you a blank and you sent it to him, and then he like chunked it up and changed it, or what happened? Pretty much exactly just like that. Like 
got a hold of a got a hold of a nice you know old school Jackson and uh, sent it over to him and uh, had him just do some magic on it. I'm, check out the back of it. <laughs> it says wood. That's sick, awesome, man. man. Oh, it's, straight, it's straight shreds, man. It's one of my favorite guitars. I've been doing a lot of uh, recording here at the house lately on my downtime, and I've been using this one and, and my other one back here to do a, to do a lot of personal uh, recordings. I've been doing. What do you lately, record man. with at home? Like what kind of what kind of gear? And then uh, and like what's your digital audio stuff? Uh, I use this, uh, what kind of, okay, I use a Behringer interface, it's a little four-way interface for vocals and some, and for bass guitar and, and guitars, definitely a lot of guitars, and then I'm old school, man, I use uh, GarageBand, still uh, old school with, uh, yeah. it's, 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 it's super easy to use, and I can do everything that I gotta do right That's through cool. that, and uh, I've been, I've been, I've been making a lot, I've been writing a lot of music on, you know, on my own, and I got some, I got some original songs too, man. That, that, yes. Uh, so let's. I really uh, hope. To, let's to talk about that day. a little bit, because I we heard that there was like a another whole theme of a project you were working on that's all solo type shit. Yeah, it's called Cornbread Head, <laughs> and 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 only because that's what Philip calls me all the time. Philip <laughs> calls me. <laughs> Philip calls me. He's like, hey, Cornbread Head. He always calls me Cornbread Head. So I mean, so Cornbread's I delicious. With, <laughs> it sure is but like as funny as this sounds i spell it with a k like the band yeah cornbread <laughs> cornbread head okay and, um so like i've been in like quarantine time especially even before i've just been writing a lot of um i guess my own style of music just my own take on on music and uh i probably have about a good 25 songs of wow. uh, of of music, but ten or so that I really put a lot of really effort in, and twenty five pieces of music. But uh, I mean, ten songs that, for an album, isn't it? Yeah, I, I've shared some of it with a few of my friends, a few guys uh, in you know some different bands, and 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 they've checked it out, and everyone says, man, you know, we didn't expect you know, this out of you, you know, you being, you know, a metal dude, this is totally not metal. And it's super cool. It's just really laid back fucking tunes, man. It's just really laid back. Uh, out, guitar heavy yeah, or is it electronic shit? I mean, are you writing all the instrumentation? I mean, I, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's not electronic-y. There's a couple of little odds and ends that I've done, but on the songs that I, that really mean, it's just really guitars, bass i've recorded a lot of piano i've been learning the piano a lot oh which that's is, cool uh, been, wow, yeah it's been really good it's been really cool i've been using i've been doing that on my downtime is learning the piano as a guitar player transitioning into that it's been it's been it's been fun and uh i have a lot of piano recorded and uh i'll send some i'll send some stuff you know over to you guys so you guys can check out man it's really weed heavy too because i smoke yeah. a ton of weed before <laughs> i hit that record button so so every everything you know it, it definitely all the notes definitely have some meaning behind what's going on and uh you know some songs are two minutes three minutes some songs are five minutes and and it's just uh just some really laid back weed smoking and on a sunday morning you know kind of vibe man it's it's really cool yeah vocals you know, and really, shit too who's doing vocals or is it all just instrumental 
Actually, I don't have it so far. It's instrumental. I'm writing lyrics for oh, a so few of them. You're planning on there could, being vocals. Yeah, because because I honestly would like to try to put a spin on some vocals, see how I sound. But if it, if it doesn't sound, you know, worth a damn, I'll you know I'd like to get somebody to sing on it, and uh, and you know down the road definitely re releasing some of these songs because I think I think people would enjoy them. You know, like. Honestly, I'm focused on the illegals and, and what I got going on. But at some point, these songs would be good if people sure. were to hear them. And my, my friend Tomas from the Primus crew, uh, we've we've kept in touch since uh, the tour has been over. And um, he he's probably going to be mixing and mastering these songs once once they're done. So, he you know, I've sent him some of the stuff and, you know, he's definitely going to he's interested in, uh, in working with. So it's cool to be able to, to you know, you know, to, to make some friends there and, and whatnot. But down the road, you guys will definitely hear some tunes, man. But I'll send you guys some stuff to check it out. It sounds like you write some on acoustic and everything, too. You said you bust out your acoustic every morning. A, a, a lot of the stuff was written on acoustic and then, like, transitioned over to guitar. But, you know, I'll, I'll sit there and, you know, bake down and just something will just come to me and it's more of a melody you know it's a lot of melody in these songs and then I just go and and just I'll add guitar I'll add piano add some drums add some bass and just get high and just make some make some good you know just some some good good fucking tunes man to to just chill out to and cruise to and smoke to and shit man so it's I it's love cool, that you're man. a guitar dude, right? Like, there's a lot of dudes that I meet in bands that, I mean, it, all of them are great players and stuff, but some dudes, it's, you know, they're just not as geeked out on playing guitar fucking constantly and shit. It makes me feel like a weirdo when I act like that around them. And I, yeah, every definitely. I, every time we hang out, it's like, yeah, I mean, you geek out on guitars, same as I do, all day, every day. That's all day long, yeah. <laughs> I've been working a lot, you know, putting a lot of hours in at the restaurant that I work at. But before I go to work and after I get off of work, it's just like definitely before I go to work, I run through and just run through riffs and run through ideas and just try to record something if I have an hour and just be like, put something on tape and be like, all right, I'll come back to this. And, you know, I definitely try to stay busy. Even, you know, during this quarantine for me personally, like I haven't really told too many people, but I've been trying to stay busy with all sorts of stuff. Learning surf guitar, learning Latin guitar, learning uh uh like acoustic rhythm jazz riffs you know just just trying to expand myself as a as a musician and the bass guitar there was a week where i was just getting high and like i wanted to be the world's best blues player so i like started <laughs> learning like all these blues like licks on the bass and like recorded a couple of tunes even with that too and uh just 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 trying to dwell into like staying busy with music and and keeping and keeping busy with it and as well as you know i've been writing a lot of illegal stuff we all the guys in that band have, have all been sharing ideas and you know if for us we're just waiting to get back you know we email each other all the time and you know we all talk to philip and all and us all we're all just itching to you know get back you know to the to the jam room and fucking smoking a big doobie and and riding some fucking riffs man and just having some fun you know the you old normally school uh do you normally work too at home when you're on the road how do you have to deal with how do you deal with like a month or two on the road when you got to balance a job and family at home well well for the last year and a half i just did music i i there came to a point where I had to like I came to that crossroads can I had a real job and I was like am I gonna stay 
It was the weekend of Force Fest, as crazy as that is. Wow. That that weekend, I quit my job of 15 years. I was wow. I was I was a forklift driver, and I you know, and and that job, honestly, I I give them props because they gave me the time off that I needed throughout my career with MOD and whatnot. But then there was a time they were like, Mike, you can't go, you know, you yeah. you can't go, you have to stay and work. And I was like. I gotta go, you know, I was like, I, this is what I've got to do. I gotta go. You know, I, I worked so hard for, for this metal. I, I gotta go. And that, you know, so I had to come back to that decision and that was the last week. And then I flew out and went and did fucking force fest and, and I was out for a long time. I was just doing, just doing music. But now that, you know, we're all back to, you know, being at home. I, I got my old job back there at the restaurant and, uh, my boss is a big metal head. He listens to metal, so you know he's super cool. And if you know, cool. he knows if if I gotta go out and do my thing again down the road, it's I gotta go do what I gotta go do. And my wife's, you know, she's my fiance. We're, we'll be getting married. She's a she's a big supporter of it, and she's got my back. So it's my babies. You know, it's it's if people ask me how do you maintain, you know, having a family, you know, for as a musician. How old are the babies? Out, I have a. I have a, a little three-year-old. His name is Iomi. He's so cool, man. My little baby nice. Iomi. And then uh, named after Tony Iomi, I got to <laughs> say. <laughs> yeah. If anybody yeah. watching this show didn't get that, then smack yourself. Yeah, it's, yeah yes. exactly. Yeah. Um, and then I got my little six-year-old son. His name's Atlas. And um, he's a little metalhead. But right now he's into rap music. So it's great because he's going through like a little rap phase. And I support him just like my dad does me. I'm like, man, get into it, you know, if that's what you're into right now. He was a metalhead a year ago. Now he's into rap. I'm just like, get into the music, man. Take it all in. And, sure, uh, it's all music. and yeah, it's all music. It's all good. And uh, I try to show him all the good stuff from, you know, my day. I'm like, hey, check this out. Listen to some of this, you know. And uh, and then I got my daughter, uh, Ibanez. She's 15 years old. And, oh, 15. And she's, wow. Yeah, she's she's uh, she's about to be a sophomore in high school, man. And, you know, so it, you it keeps me busy, You got a teenage kid at home man. and shit, too, with having to go on the road. I mean, it's it's savage. It sure is. It sure is, man. And, and it's been tough. It has its ups and its downs. And, and fortunately, stuff like this with Zoom and, with, you know, with Skype, it helps, you know, with – with being able to talk to the family at the end of the day, you know, or the sure. beginning of the morning and saying, Hey, what's going on and, and, and everything. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's been, it made it easy for, you know, for musicians to, to do our thing and still go out and rock the world, man. And, and that's, you know, that's what we love to do. So it's just trying to balance it as best as you can, man. It's, it's all I got to tell everybody. Just, just be cool and, and fucking have fun and be honest, you know, be honest with what you're doing and what's what you know with with what you got going on, you know, don't lie and you know, things will go smooth a lot smoother that way than sure. other ways, you know, than other ways. So it's, it's so there's no plans to do like uh like a pandemic uh quarantine style jam or something, video online um, or anything like that. I mean, with the illegals, we haven't really talked about it too too much. I know Phil's Phil's been pretty much laying low. The other guys are all kind of just doing their thing. There hasn't been a talk. We're definitely talking about writing a new album. That's where we're honestly is our main focus. I would say would be cool. would be the new album. You know, rather than doing a quarantine jam uh, with yeah. my band Flesh Hoarder, though we will probably be doing a um, 
a quarantine jam here, probably here so, sometime soon, hopefully, and uh, and try to help promote our new album that we're we're working on right now. So, Book, yeah, yeah. So you play Definitely. boogies, boogie on the amp side. Like, what do you do on the rig side? Yeah, uh, on the amp side, on the gear side, I run through a Moore pedal for some tones for just some different different effects, and okay. then right in right into the um, you know my tuner pedal, my little. Uh, yeah, my Digitech little chromatic tuner pedals down here next to me. And then, uh, you know, we got the Sure Wirelesses. But on the amp side, it's right through with the fucking old school Mesa triple wreck for that brutal old school crunch. And then right into the Mesa Mesa cabs, man. And uh, that's, you know, right through our Jackson guitars and the EMGs. And then we I also use the um, Ernie Ball strings, you know, and uh, they've, they've been, they've been, supplying for what the last gauge are you years. running given that you're popping all those squeals and shit now and do I, I assume it's different depending on if you're doing the death metal like grinding riffs on a seven versus like jamming with the illegals okay with the illegals i will say that we, uh, uh, like a lot of people ask me what we tune to we're tuning to c sharp and on the gauge of the strings i use the 52s through the 11s so 11 to 50 so yeah 11 through 52s and uh just keeping it nice and you know C sharp, kind of kind of dropping it down, keeping it nice and heavy, but still tight as you know tight as fuck, and trying to keep those squeals like you said, nice and uh, clean, and you know try to come through and pinch. And then if you're that. doing the Pantera shit, you obviously bring a bunch of guitars out on the road. Do you tech? Actually, I meant to ask you that before. Do you tech for yourself, or do you have uh, a guy no. out on the road? Yeah, yeah. Well, we had a couple of techs. Uh, um, my homie uh, um, Christian, who's a, who used to also double as Phil's. Uh, security guy yep. he's also he's also one of our techs and then uh, our my friend Aaron and uh, he what he about was when you were out at tool. Hellfest for that first time were you teching for yourself there or did you guys have yeah God, we dude, see, that's when the question popped in my head that's what I wanted to ask you it's like holy shit dude you're staring at 50,000 people and you're teching for yourself and shit it's just like just you out there with your dick in the wind <laughs> Do I actually have, I have a, a crazy story about the Hellfest and, and us teching for ourselves. So we're doing the set change. You got uh, D. Snyder was playing on the on the other main stage, and we're setting up on our stage. And uh, even that was a, like a coincidence because, like you said, bands were canceling. And I remember the illegals were supposed to be on one of the other smaller stages. And because of bands canceling, we got bumped to the main stage and we had no text. It was just us coming out, bringing our shit, plugging in and jamming, you know, that, that's what we, we were doing. And uh, we had a front of house guy and whatnot. But uh, that day at the fest, while we were setting up our guitar player, Steven, his guitar wasn't working. He was running, had everything set up but it was not working and he was his own tech and he ran over and he's like, Mike, freaking out. <laughs> Fortunately to the homie, I know Warren knows this guy, but Jeff Cummings from yes. the Anthrax. Oh, God bless that guy. Yeah, Jeff, man, Jeff's the man in, in the shitbag mode. You know, him and him and Armando, the homies, um, Jeff was like, just came through, took the guitar. I was setting up, next thing I know, he was over there soldering. And he fixed it, found the problem, plugged in, and we're playing in front of that big crowd, yeah, you know. And shit. He, he, it was just, you know, the hook of the moment. Jeff came through, man. So Jeff's the man, and Jeff and uh, 
Yeah, Jeff, he was my Jeff's mentor besides Warren being a total asshole to me for my first several days as Carrie's tech. Like yes. Jeff was actually my like I he was my shadow and shit. Well, like Jeff, was, Jeff's a nice guy and you're a douchebag, so he's a very <laughs> nice guy and you're a total jerk. <laughs> yeah, Jeff's the homie. I, I still keep in touch with him, man. I, yeah, I, yeah, I he's a New York guy. Yeah. He's a New York guy. So. Yeah, he's good people. Yeah. <laughs> he he's still keeping busy with guitars, man. I see him posting all the time. Yeah. You know, he's he's working on all sorts of you know guitars for for different homies in their New York area. So that's yeah. that's cool, man. But yeah, we, we we were out there. We had no texts and 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 you know everything that's came savage. through like rock <laughs> like rock and roll, man. So <laughs> yeah, me, me and uh, <clears throat> me and Army did that one time for somebody. I can't remember who it was. But we fixed it big, like literally like at the changeover. Like it wasn't working. Give me that thing. Okay. Opened it up, uh, soldered the the output jack, you know, resoldered that, put it back in, gave it back to me. So oh, do you thanks, run a clean guys. boost uh, back to your rig? Sorry, I'm bouncing all over the place. I'm high as shit. Um, uh, you <laughs> run a too, clean boost or anything on the on the front end of the boogie, or you just run it raw dog? I mean, out of your the you have your effect unit, your tuner, and then just blast it right in with your game on. Yes. Full. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when we have with, with the mowers, if we want to run clean, we run. We know we'll play some clean that way. But it's just. But you don't boost just, that front end signal. A lot of people on a boogie like do a clean boost or something to, you know. I mean, they, they, there's different ways to kind of tailor that, you know, triple rec tone a little bit. You just yeah, not us. Turn yeah, it up. Yeah, we're just yeah, turn <laughs> it up, fucking crank it up, and plug a mic to it and let it do its thing, man. We'll That's fucking, fucking go awesome. up and just Yeah, we're. We're like Phil says, we're just old school, man. We just we like we like to keep it, you know, pretty simple you, and straightforward. Do you use um, the same rig for uh, flesh order then? With flesh order, uh, lately it it's been just no no lure pedal, none of that. It's just right into the mesa just, head. It I mean, do just, you, you know, do you even use wireless, or do you just plug a fucking cable right from the guitar, just like fuck it. <laughs> well, well, with flesh order, it's just it, it, <laughs> it'll, it'll go. It'll go from the. It is awesome with with uh, with MOD. That's how I, I. That's how it was. It was just straight into the head, you know. And 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 again with Billy, I was using a crate head, and he was like, "No, get rid of that. You know, push it aside." Just he didn't care. He was like, "Use this," and it was the Mesa, and it was the Mesa, you know. And he was just like, "This is what you know. This is what you need." And it honestly it changed the game for me. You know, I was like, whoa, this is fucking balls right here. You know, so it was always just, you know, right from the head, right into the tuner, tuner, right into the guitar. Let's rock, you <laughs> nice. know, let's fucking go. Awesome. Are you yeah. with Mesa too then? Yeah, I've, I've been with Mesa for longer than, with, than I have with Jackson. I've been with Mesa for a few years. I still keep in contact with those guys and everybody's, everybody's yeah, good. Nice. Yeah, this is a good yeah. advertisement for him, man. We should shoot this over to the A&R dude. <laughs> yeah definitely like we gushed about your well, amps for, for several minutes of like no effects just you blast into it and like make rock star noises <laughs> yeah and and then with the illegals that in the pantera side then all the effects really started to come into play because we were doing all the the songs and and you know Diane was doing a bunch of different things so that's when we were like all right me and Steven were like, we just had to think outside the box. What what do we need? And then we just started getting some effects pedals. And we've been we've been with the Moors, and they've been super great to us. They has all the 
the the the stuff that we need to make you know the sounds and everything. So you know it's it's been good. But so do you run that, those same gauge <laughs> strings on the Pantera songs? No way, right? Like you're running lighter gauge, and or do you really rip those solos and shit on elevens? Yes, through elevens the whole time. But for a while there, we were yeah. doing you know half half illegals, half Pantera sets. Yeah, we would just have the same guitars and the same tune-ins and the same tune-ins because more for Philip and you know instead of being an E, you know it's a little bit easier you know all around to to do than C, you know, sure, for, sure. especially especially singing. So uh, oh, we'll so just, when you're doing you know, those songs, I didn't even really think about it. You guys are doing all those in a, I mean, it dropped down. Yeah, like yeah, just C, just C sharp across the board. A couple of songs here and there. Like a new level, uh, we had to down tune and grab different guitars for different tunings. But for the most part, we are in C sharp in both the illegals and both of the Pantera songs. So it's just straightforward, you know, no, no having to go here, go there. We're just, we got the guitars around us. Let's just keep, let's keep things rolling, you know. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's super simple and, and super easy. The text, you know, when the texts are there, they don't have to worry about too much, but yeah, it's keeping things in tune sure. and yeah, keeping things in tune and keeping things fucking, you it's know, a good lesson ready to, to guitar go. players out there too, that you don't need a whole ton of shit to go up and, you know, just bang it out and sound fucking awesome. Yeah. It's just, just need some good distortion, a good guitar and, you know, and go up there and fucking just jam it on out, man. Giants, giant arenas and shit with, you know, the PAs and stuff don't hurt either. You know, good, yeah, good, good front of house guy. Yeah, <laughs> it won't sound quite like that in your bedroom, but it still sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, you, now, have you always have you always been a Mason guy? Then you never like when yeah, you first started. Well, you were playing Crate before, right? Was Crate just based out of necessity and availability and price range? I mean, because uh, Mason is obviously quite a different level than you know your average Crate amp, anyway. I guess, I guess for me, I was always a crate guy growing up. Even in high school, I remember really? having, wow. you know, having, I still have my very first cab. The first cab I bought as a, as a kid, I still have it in, in my, my uh, storage room there with all my equipment. And um, I was a crate guy. And I would say more so because I was more of a, I guess, a death metal player and like suffocation. And, uh, you know, some of these older bands were all crate based and it was I played a crate. State. I you played know, a crate too, Warren. Amps. Like when I was playing, Did you that, really? when I was playing in that band wow, in Texas, I mean, that was a crate dude, amp I was playing yeah. in in that fucking my, band. My my old band, the guitar player, had a, he had a crate amp. Like, really? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, dude, we we're repping crate hard. <laughs> yeah, like I was in a. Uh, we were goofing before the show, Mike. That like we may have crossed. Oh yeah, that's right. I was in uh, when I was in Texas. I was playing in a metal band in Amarillo. What was the name of your metal band? I didn't name the band. <laughs> what was the name of your metal band? what was the band <laughs> excessive force <laughs> which excessive force that's, which, not, that's, that's, that's cool it was stupid but, right? but it, it wasn't was, good it was it wasn't good metal you know what I mean? so there look, look well the song i the songs i wrote that was for, like i froze frame it from a video that the drummer sent me it's fucking awesome <laughs> the songs i wrote were great it? but no it is wasn't a, wait hold on dave oh. is that a purple is that a purple ibanez it is. it is. It's a purple evidence. And I'm pretty sure it was that color. Like with the ones that changed color a little bit in the light, like went blue to purple. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I, I think I sent, I think I sent our producer another picture. There was a, you uh, know, that's my crate amp behind me though. That's the crate amp right behind me. <laughs> that's crazy. Cause I had a purple, 
Ibanez in high school that was just you would turn it and it would be like a blue. That's the same one. Same one. It's not. It was like an RG five fifty or some shit, right? Like I mean, it was that guitar. Mine was a RG three seventy. That may have been the same one. It's that. Look at look at my cool sticker. That's like a. Oh, I remember the like it's a skull with like a baseball cap on backwards. Look at me, man. Look at me banging that fucking looks like I'm hitting, you know, an E or, you know. Bro, look at you struggling trying to make that thing sound good. <laughs> I was tearing that thing up. Look, 1993, <laughs> keeping it real. How old were you in 93, Mike? You may not have been at that show. I was 11. Yeah, you may have been. You may have been running maybe, around yeah, Amarillo. Maybe. <laughs> I was going to, I played on Amarillo a few times. We played up, we played up there. Ate over at the Big Texan. Yeah, the Big Texan. Did you eat the gigantic steak? The thing that like I did. It for free? I passed on the steak. <laughs> yeah, what is it like? Like a sixty-four ounce steak or something? At least ninety-six. Yeah, ninety-six ounce steak. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah, there's no way. And you got to eat the potato the and the vegetables oh, yeah, no way, and like no the yeah. biscuit and no, shit with it. No. Like it's vicious. No, it maybe is. if I was like, maybe if I was like twenty, you know what I mean? Back and then, you get it for free if you eat the whole thing, man. That's yeah. all you get, though. Is you at least get a shirt or anything. Like, I'm you know, pretty I sure you this. get your name on a plaque. I bet you on yeah. the wall, or at least written on something. I doubt it's an actual plaque. plaque. I'm, I'm, ig- I'm ignorant. I'm just gonna eat so much, even though the you know people around the world are starving. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not well, like you could well, donate yeah. half that steak to them, dude. Like, I mean, it's a. Nah, it's I know. A, I'm kidding. Relax. I'm come kidding. on, like, geez. I'm kidding. Jeez. That's a big steak, though. That's it is a big it's ridiculous. Steak. How many pounds of steak is that? I mean, four. That's like five? no. It's more that's, than five. It's it's more than that. Like it's okay, but see, all right, ounces, but see, sixteen ounces how, what pound is each cut? Like, is that eight steak? pounds? Like, how seven much, pounds? How much fat no, is on it? You know what dude, I mean? It's so, a gigantic steak. It's just a that's gig- crazy. It's Boom. one big piece of steak. Yeah, like Dave, it covers you have like to, a plate. <laughs> would you be able to eat that if you tried, Dave? No. No, Mike. You should you should try go go try one night. You try. We'll 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 pay for it if, if you don't win. Okay, we just I'll gotta try film one. it. We, we gotta film it or something. You know what I mean? Amarillo, or at least take pictures, document it somehow. Shithole. So it comes like, with a shrimp cocktail, baked potato salad, roll with butter, and a seventy-two ounce steak. Oh, 72 ounce steak. That's still a huge steak. I mean, Five so you pounds. still gotta eat. You still gotta Five eat. Pounds. Four and a half pounds. The sides and stuff—that's a lot of food, bro. I don't Dude, like the four and a half the bread. I think it's fucking absurd. And then the bread—I can't eat that. Like yeah. you know that that buttered roll in Texas, in Amarillo, Texas, a buttered roll ain't gonna be fucking around, man. Like that's a meal. Yes. So. <laughs> a roll like this big and shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and like and like the whole time you're eating it, you have to sit up on this like pedestal like table. Oh really? You got like it you. on display? Oh yeah, yeah that's, that, yeah. that makes it all gluttony? weird, man. For everyone that, to revel like, in your gluttony. You're not like at no, table. That's kind of weird. That that's weird. Yeah, that's kind of weird. That's what we're like. Oh, and you got to finish it in an hour. Our producer says you have to finish it within an hour to get it for free. That's, that's right. That's I mean, right. you would, you would almost I think to eat that much food, you would have to eat it in an hour anyway, because otherwise you would start to process it and feel sick and. Like you would have to wolf it down. Like you would have to go okay. in with a purpose. So remember that show, man. Fifteen minutes or less. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that remember show. That, right, Mike. Remember that, right? So, what? so what show? Man vs. Food. I never watched it. This guy would come in and and like go to these places that had like 
stuff like he that. He had to have done the big challenge. And he would attempt to beat all the stuff. He had done the big test. There's and, no way uh, he didn't. I remember going to one of those places, I think it was in Syracuse or something, and I tried to, you know, I, dude, I, I didn't even put a dent in. I don't know how the hell. <laughs> that much, like, that's wow. Like, wow. You all can't right. eat like that, though, right? I mean, come on. That's I, used a, that's... To be, I used to be able to. I used Were you to be fat? I was younger. No. You, so you know, I, was, I was bigger. You know, I had mean? a so, buddy that worked at the Big Texan, and he said it was normally the skinnier dudes, the dudes that metabolize shit like crazy. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. Those were the guys just, that traditionally yeah. got in there and got Absolutely. through it. That like the bigger dudes would roll in, especially in Texas, right? They'd be like, "Yeah, man, fucking bring it over." They'd Not even halfway time. through. Yeah, yeah, they'd be like, yeah, they like, tap right out. Like, oh, <laughs> like stomach hurts. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're carrying all that weight around, man. It's that little what, dude over so, there that just plowed through. What uh? What has been your favorite country to, like to eat like when you tour like you know what I mean? Is there a favorite place that you'd be like, oh, I can't wait there to eat, the food, you know, go there to eat the food or whatever? That would for sure go right back down to South America, man. Yeah, so, so good, you know, all the good food. We uh, every time we're down there, it's just like fuck, all the good meats and all the good uh, sides and and everything for sure, man. South You're a America, chef yeah. too, though, right, Mike? At some level, I mean, you like I to love- cook. I love to cook, man. I'm, you know, I, I, I cook, you know, you know, all the time here at the house and uh, just all sorts of different meals, man, from, you know, Mexican food to American food to Chinese food, man, to Italian food, and, you know, everything. In where'd you learn barbecue. to cook? Was that from your family or do you like, I mean, where'd you study cooking? Uh, I guess I would just say, you know, just, just, just being, you know, working all my life, you know, just after high school, you know, just cooking at a different, you know, a few different spots here in town. And just always being, you know, into cooking, man. Just it was just always a passion. Besides rocking, you know, I was just always, you know, down to make something out of whatever was in the kitchen, man. Just like you know, like like to cook something all night, what, man. And what's uh, what's Metal Mike's spicy Mexican rice all about? Oh man! And why that's haven't I had little, any? That's one of my specialties, there, man. It's just uh, just some really. Spanish rice, uh, like it's just, it's a, a recipe that my mom and my grandma like really passed down to me. It just has some special seasonings in there, and it's one of my go-to meals. It's almost like a comfort food, you know, here here in this home, man. And you know, it could be a rainy night. You know, we ain't got nothing else to eat, but we got a bag of rice. Let's let's whip up some, you know, something that we could all sit together, and enjoy a bowl, and watch a movie. So one of these days, I want to cook all you guys you know uh i used to where i used to live i used to have uh we used to call my old home the metal motel because bands would always be coming and coming and going and i mean i've I've had stories i could write a book of how many bands would come through because like i said i'm in san marcus and people would be going from austin to san antonio and i you know i just i just would know everyone and they'd i'd be at the show anyways i'd be like hey you need somewhere to stay you know, and they'd, they'd stay, you know, my old spot, and I would just cook them, you know, food, and everybody would just play a show, and then come hang at Mike, Mike's house, and smoke, and hang, and drink, and, and eat, man, and, you know, it's just, it's just a hobby of mine, I, don't, I love to cook, and cooking for, you know, for whoever's around, or, or whatnot, and, you know, smoking down, and, and jamming, man, but yeah, one of these oh, days, yeah. I'll, you know, we'll, you know, we're, we're hanging out. We'll hit that grocery store. You do store, it in man. Texas as like a Texas barbecue or something, man, and fucking throw down. All right. Yeah. Before we, uh, before we jet, I want to like, so you've been a fan obviously of the music forever. Apparently you have the world's most epic uh, concert shirt collection. 
Oh, uh, it's yeah, another, one my, <laughs> another one of my, another one of my, a big uh, addictions, I would say, is just concert shirts. Uh, I got shirts from when I would go on, when I was going a little as, with as your a dad, kid. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Say, so, are they yeah, all yeah. shows you've been to? Do you collect off of like eBay and shit, and like are um, always on the hunt, or not really eBay? There's a couple of little apps on your phone that you can go and search for different shirts. And I've gone to search for different ones. I'm like, all right, I really want to own this shirt. I never gotcha. owned it. I never had it. But I'm a huge fan of Cannibal Corpse or somebody, and I want to pick up this T-shirt. But, uh, I mean, my pops and I, he was he would always, you know, make it a point to snag something from the merch to remember that concert that we went to. It was just, That's it cool. was a thing. And uh, I just have probably somewhere near, like, 700 T-shirts. Holy and shit. And it's just... I mean, it's just a mound wow. of shirts, and I try to like use them all. I don't, I don't just like. You don't frame them don't, and like just so you, not touch them. Hold on. So you do you bring these like shirts on tour and wear them on stage? No Dude, way! Wow, that's, that's awesome. Good, so that's you just send them to laundry? That's risky, man. Like well, they're valuable I, I, too, right? I, mean, I don't take, I don't take that many. But like out of seven hundred <laughs> shirts, like if I go on tour. I'm like, I'm going and picking a hand, like a good 30 to 50 shirts where I'm just like, all right, these oh, are coming shit. with me. And then that's I'll move them cool. and then I'll try to yeah, put yeah, them back in. Yeah, 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 sure, yeah. sure. And, but like, and, that's uh, risky though, you know, always like, you know what I mean? With well, especially because the old concert shirts are thinner, right? Like, I mean, some of those are sketchy. Yeah, like, it, I mean, yeah. And I mean, I don't, I, I don't really take uh, too many of the really, really old ones, but there's still some certain old ones. I'm like, mm, that that one's coming with me. And then, <laughs> uh, and then as a Texan, another thing that I really like to do, and this is something that I learned from my peers before me, like Philip and Dimebag, and that's to represent, you know, all the homies, you know, while you're out on the road. So sure, one sure. thing I'll always do is like to, I like to grab a week's worth, like a, like seven shirts of just my favorite local bands from the Texas area. You know, all my homies from this band and this band and that band. That's cool. <laughs> and I'll take those with me, and you'll still you'll totally see me rocking those shirts on stage, specifically the Texas shirts. And that's just me representing where I came from and all my friends and letting them know, hey, you know. You're still here with me, man. You know, we're all here together, you know, and, you know, and they, and they tell me that that's when like I a, run into them, you know. It's like a, it's like a hardcore mentality, right? That's what hardcore bands used to do. You know what I mean? They used to rock each other's shirts and, and, and videos and, 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 and shows and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So totally. Help each other out. That's how it works. You know what I mean? So. 700 like shirts this. dating back to the early 90s and shit then, man. I mean, that's, that's fucking crazy. Or even the late 80s. Like, cause some of those things are valuable, like incredibly valuable now. Like yesterday, I was crazy. Yesterday, I was looking at my girl. I was, I was talking to my girl, and she was wearing a, her one of her favorite bands is this band, electronic band called Skinny Puppy, and they've been around since the eighties. Yeah, and she was she was rocking one of their shirts, and I'm just looking at her. I'm like, babe, you know that's a hundred and fifty dollars t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, if you, it was like, if you were to put that online and just cause I know, I know what shirts are going for. So you can probably get 150 and she just laughs at me, but mm -hmm. I definitely, I know I have some in my collection here that'll probably, you know, are worth a lot, you a lot have of cash. The Slayer altar of sacrifice shirt. Hmm. I don't think I have that. I don't think I have that. I definitely have a good Slayer collection, but I know I just recently picked up 
1994 uh, Slayer Divine, original Divine Intervention tour t-shirt with dates on the back from that tour. I oh, just nice. got my hands on that. I was just like, <laughs> folded so that in, was, just putting it. That was, uh, what was that machine head? Biohazard, right? That tour? Yeah, it, it doesn't have the bands. It just has all the dates okay. of the tour and, and everything on the back. And it's from that tour. I was, I bought it and didn't even, wear, you know, didn't really wear it, put it away. And then I'll wear it every one, every so often. I'll pull it out right. and wear it and whatnot. But the, want, but I would I would I say that Altar of Sacrifice shirt forever, forever. Yeah, that's just, like seven hundred dollars or some shit. Whenever you see it on eBay or even like a thousand, and I'm like, man, I think I should buy it. My wife's like, I straight up will fucking kill you. Like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the one piece of merch that I have that is probably my most I don't want to not valuable but memorable valuable to me is a, a Motley Crue hat that my dad bought me when, when I was like eight or nine years old. And he took me to see them on the Dr. Feelgood tour. Oh, wow. and I was like, I was a little that was kid. Like their, like, that was the like prime. Their, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, that was, that was, that was the prime. And uh, I was there with, you know, with my dad and it was just a full show. And he bought me a hat that night. And I still, I still have it here in my collection and it's That's brittle bad. down. But it's still there, man. It's it, it still hangs in there, and uh, cool, it's definitely one of my, you know, a piece. Can you still I'm wear like, that around? I don't because it's uh, it's it's pretty brittle down. But I definitely <laughs> am not gonna let go of it. It's a piece that I'm gonna always like have them just to look at and be like, man, I'll remember this night being with my pops that night when we saw Motley Crue, man. And that was like man. in the full on, like I mean, it was the full show, spinning uh, drum cage, the whole thing. Yeah, it was 1989, and I was like yeah. eight or nine, eight or nine years old, man. And I was going to see Motley Crue. It was fucking awesome. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was super cool. <laughs> that kicks ass. All right, well, we've eaten up what, like almost an hour and 45 minutes of your time. Um, it's been a blast hanging and talking with you guys, man. I like, you know, like I said earlier, I missed, you know, missed all the homies, and you know, wishing everybody's doing good, and you know smoking up token up and just enjoying you know join the moment for you know for what it is man yeah i mean you know there's nothing we can do right this second and it's you know at least good to be able to see you like this yeah for sure man it's yeah when, definitely when, when when things you know calm down or get you know things are different we uh we get definitely got to get together man, for sure yeah definitely man maybe we'll do a texas hang and and uh, i'll yeah. do a cookout and We'll do it right, you know what I mean, and Love it. hang yeah, out I'm into that. Well, and yeah, you, for like sure, if man. you're down, shoot us the uh, shoot us some of the new work stuff, like even the the non metal shit, and then keep yeah, us in the loop as to oh, like when any of the shorter shit drops. Hey, like, I mean, Dave, bef before we uh, uh, let Mike go, can we just ask him? Um, you're since he's a, a Texas guy. Let's ask him the, his opinion on karate. Kid. Ask him because he's like right in between, right? Yeah. Okay, so so Mike, are so you, I'm are like you, I'm curious. Have you seen the movie Karate Kid? The original Karate Kid. Yes, the original Karate Kid, right? Yeah. You, have you seen like, Cobra Kai or any of the follow-on? I have seen both seasons of the Cobra Kai as well. Okay, so here yes. we go, dude. So yes. what is your opinion? the first guest? That's what, actually, okay, <laughs> what is your opinion on uh, like the fact that? That Johnny was the was the guy that got bullied, and Daniel was the guy that kind of started all this stuff. Like, or it, you know, or do you think that it was like sort of how the theme of the original movie was, where Daniel was a new guy, moved into a new town, got bullied? And More like what? What's your take on Daniel Larusso? Just to let, what's your 
let's get let's get your opinion. You're an educated. You guy. know that's actually a really good question because if you really think about it, maybe Daniel was the bully all along. You know he wasn't the good guy. They made him really out to be because as he grew up, he was kind of a not cool, kind of a dick. You know even still, but, even still to this day, everything he has to this day, oh, he's man, still no. just you know, it up. He, you, you, you know, because because Mr. Miyagi was definitely putting some good heart into the guy, but he was still making his own decisions, even in the early movies, and some of those decisions were not poor. good decisions. They were poor. They were poor. You know, he, you know, Miyagi was the was, only good part boy, of LaRusso. He was the flawed hero, like you said, right? So they were both kind of flawed and that's the thing is like once i really went back and watched the first one again and i had to apologize to warren for it because i was really giving it all to johnny and not to daniel at all and in reality they were both dicks and <laughs> daniel daniel was, was as, more of a dick no daniel. as flawed daniel was the things that you don't like daniel. about daniel and here's and the karate thing. kid one no no things you didn't like about daniel and karate kid one are because you don't like him personally just no, like it's not like he was the greatest character of all time in Crossroads right after all that. So I'm talking yeah. about his character in Karate Kid. Here's the thing. Him, the things you pick him apart about are personal. No, they're not personal. It's like they were super shitty of him. It just shows his character, man. It was like a flawed character. Like he has flawed character down inside, like in his core that Miyagi saw that was trying to change it. And obviously it wasn't, it didn't work because the thing is while they were both kind of shitholes in the first one, like Johnny continued to try and do better and just kept getting dealt a bad hand was dealt a bad hand from the beginning and just, but always wanted to do better. Daniel, on the other hand, like never really wanted to do better and still doesn't really want to do better. Now he's still kind of a dick now. And it's just vindictive against Johnny. It's like, Oh, you have something back. Let me see if I can take that away from you too. Cause I don't have enough. I have this beautiful wife, beautiful house, beautiful family, beautiful cars, right? Oh, Johnny, you're back and trying to get your life back together. Fuck you. I'm going to just completely fuck your life up. Right. And Johnny just keeps getting led down the wrong fucking path. He's just like, God damn it. I just want everything to be okay. And it's like, and no, Johnny's just a drunk, shit on. Right. He got drunk for the past 20 years and he fucked up and he missed all the opportunities he had. And that's that, because he got his ass kicked <laughs> by a real dude that moved in and basically smoked him and his friends, bro. Have you heard? Right? So if you've been watching the other, other episodes, Mike, do you see where I'm coming from with the, I feel like it's an East Coast thing. I feel like I, they just got their Jersey boys back. I just like, I like Johnny because he kept it true. Like even, even as he got older, he still jams the good tunes. He's still getting drunk. You know, like he's just being—he's he, just being himself, and like I know he's not trying to better himself, but he's being Johnny, and that's—that's that's all he. I'm giving him way more credit. I'm giving him yeah. credit. Mike's just keeping exactly. it real. Like, no, nah, man, exactly. he likes to party, drives a fucking cool car, like he was rocking cool his car. Himself. He's yeah, like he's just doing his thing, and like, but you said he keeps getting dealt the, you know, like the like the wrong card, and but like. Like Daniel, though, I mean, like, he, too, was, like, poking, you know, poking at him at, at times, and he doesn't really sure. have to be, but I like, yeah. I, I, I like, I like the new show. I like, I like how it all came together. It's cool, man. And he's, and he cheated. I mean, you know, Daniel cheated. He cheated. Get out of here, bro. And even, I'll, like, so, so I you, had to. Hold on, Mike. Do you consider that last, in, in, at the end of part one, where he did that crane kick to win the tournament, do, do you think that was an illegal kick? It wasn't, right? 
Oh, uh, from from the original movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess that was that was not an illegal kick because he got it right in right 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 before it went down. Right. I mean, dude, Our, I mean, kicked them in the face. They gave That's him it. the he point. The fight. They, it yeah. was an uncontrolled full force kick to the face. Oh, I, I've been oh. researching the you know, Valley karate tournament rules around, you know, the mid eighties. And that would have been an illegal kick. I'm just saying. And he lied to get in the tournament. He wasn't a black belt. They fucking lied. And then Miyagi stole somebody else's black belt to get in. So he's a liar and a cheat. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Bro, you this are just awesome. a hater. You a hater, bro. That's it. You just a hater, dude. Just keeping it real, man. Just keeping it real. Just like you always say. <laughs> I like Johnny. Uh, Johnny's cool, though. Yep, yep. I agree. I agree with you. All right. So I maybe your theory your is correct. And, I appreciate your time cool. and your opinion, sir. Yes. And, and you your much. proficiency on our mutually loved instrument. Like, I appreciate you keeping it real. Like, you're a good dude. Thanks for the Thank ride, too, guys, man. man. I got to ride with you guys that one time. Like, it was really cool. Like, you guys are awesome. <laughs> dude, you bought us some in and out Burger. Thanks. Thanks so much that, for that. As well. That was awesome. <laughs> That was an awesome night, man. That was fun. We were, and, we were uh, taking dabs out of a little tray, dude, with like just a hot straw. It was the most cracky thing I've ever fucking seen as far as taking dabs. <laughs> <laughs> Steve was like, what the fuck, man? We do this all the time. Like, it's like, just fire up this hot ass fucking. It's like, yeah, just hit the side of it. It's like, holy shit. No, dude, exactly. no. So the opposite of all the connoisseur shit I've ever learned, dude. Dude, that's awesome. exactly how we roll. That's exactly we roll how we dirty. Roll. That's great. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's, that's the illegals for you, man, for sure. <laughs> Dab all day, we say. Dab all day. <laughs> Good shit. Well, I just want to say uh, big, big thanks to you guys one more time, man. I appreciate you, you know, y'all taking the time to, to have me on. And we'll definitely keep in touch and uh, smoke weed and, and enjoy enjoy your nights. And thanks sure. again, man. Rock on. Sure. Later, brother. All right, you guys. Thanks, take Mike. it easy, y'all. Take care, man. Right, thanks. Man. We'll be in touch, man. Thanks. Interesting, man. <laughs> I was basically shoved into the limelight, you know? Holy fuck. It's amazing, right? Like, that's a kick-ass story. Yeah. Like, here, you know, I know you don't play, like, you know, you're not really a lead guy, but here, learn uh, Dimebag solos. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, and, uh, and he throws down like, on him, right? Like, fuck, I mean, dude, like, really? He's so, he's so much fun to watch play. Like, he, he, he's <laughs> so stoked to be there doing it and, like, just throws down as hard as he well, fucking because can. Because he's, he's got a genuine love for what he's doing. Yeah. So and that 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 comes through in his playing and his you know his stoked to be there, stoked to yeah. be doing it, and he throws Absolutely. it he throws it down and he's right. Like I didn't want to get into that, but he said, you know, well a bunch of the people online like they talk shit and it's like you know fuck all those dudes, right? Like there's yeah, so many armchair fucking guitar players. Everybody gives Kirk Hammett shit about his playing and that his leads aren't good. Well, like he like, said, dude, it's like, he's dude, not trying like, to duplicate. He's not trying to be Dimebag. He's just trying to do his version of what he you know. It's his version. So that down. means basically whatever he plays, dude, there's, it's not wrong. It's, it's, you know what I mean? It's, and he bangs him out credit, and you know? rushes. And I mean, at the end of the day, dude, he's playing the songs with Phil. Like, it's crazy. Imagine how that feels. I mean, I, mean, you know, I know so, how I felt from like a, a dummy oh, you, like you, me. You'd, you'd probably pass out. You'd oh, I would pa I'd straight pass out. I may <laughs> shit myself. I may shit myself. <laughs> pass out and then wake up with a mess in my pants. <laughs> you definitely would not be able to do it. No, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that, that's fucking savage. And he talks about, like, I get it. He was playing a lot. Like, it's not like he was just jamming in his living room and shit and then bounced into that. 
but he was, you know, he was out on stages and stuff, but it was little clubs, dude, playing a little well, yeah, club I mean, yeah, and going to Hellfest or like, holy shit. <laughs> he had a great yeah. attitude about shit too, man. Like he's a good dude. The, that whole crew is a bunch right, of good so. fucking guys, man. Like they yeah, were all man. super Like nice. he said, they're all, you know, they're all about having fun, good time, right? Can't you really do that if you have a bad attitude as well? No, it's valid. I wonder if that's why they booted the other guy. <laughs> why did you ask him that, man? <laughs> I didn't I didn't get into that shit. I don't know who the other guy is. I don't need to know. <laughs> don't need to drag up shit like that. Our show's about having fun. That's our yeah. thing. <laughs> so and karate kid. But uh so maybe your theory is right, you know, maybe it's just East Coast thing. I think it is an East Coast thing. We'll see. Like well we have another uh we have another Midwest guy coming here soon. Yeah, we'll ask him, we'll have to ask him. Yep. And then even another guy from another Midwest band, although he's not really a Midwest guy, but Midwest band. Just someone that's not either California you know or what? East Coast. So. I wonder if he even has an opinion on any of this or if it's purely an American thing. Oh, he might not have watched the movie. He's not, you know, he's that's what I'm saying. He may be like, like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> Yeah. What? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's just some stupid, tea, mate. <laughs> stupid American shit. <laughs> you know, our producer hates it when we talk about future guests, right? You know that. Whatever, like, man. Like, I mean, it's teases. ripping his hair out right now. He teases shit up. Yell at us as soon as, it's all as, soon about as we tea. stop. As soon as we hit <clears throat> uh, stop on the record button, he's just going to come on and start yelling at us. It's all about the tea, man. Like, that's how we play the game. Come on, man. Let me mark it. That's what I do. I may go pro. <laughs> he oh loves that too. <laughs> it's like I'm a ten year old. <laughs> you pretty much are, man. So no, dude. It's more like twelve. I I have a theory that like you kind of stop maturing <clears throat> at some level, like when you start smoking weed, and it was like twelve or thirteen, which would make. So sense. how come you don't? How come you don't have a guitar with um? Our producer says seven at best. <laughs> <laughs> so how come you don't have a guitar that you can smoke weed out of man like what's it's up? fucking like, cool as shit say what it, the fuck i'm so glad he busted that shit out i meant to ask like, you if the dude was just going to repaint the the new emg on it too right because you got to have butthead in there. he only well, had the, guess, he only bro, had bevis on the uh neck bevis bevis bro not bevis yeah, bevis what, what? What fucking planet are you from? <laughs> oh, we're gonna get into this now. So you pronounce a tomato, I say tomato, right? <laughs> I mean, in proper English, it's Bevis. Is it? <laughs> no. I'm just exactly, dude. <laughs> no. What's way more uh, fucked up is that you never watched Seinfeld and you're from New York. And it's one thing to not find Jerry Seinfeld funny, but the show itself was fucking hilarious. I mean, I don't know. I never really watched it. That's right? weird, so, and that's what I'm saying. That's weird. I would hear. I would so hear. There's so many references um, from that. Between Seinfeld and The Simpsons, they've almost covered every aspect of life and every situation. Well, I, I I knew about Seinfeld through Howard Stern, right? Because I used to listen to Howard Stern and, and Jerry Seinfeld used to come on and guess yeah, yeah, they're, they're buddies. And, them, right? and I realized, like, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't exactly like this guy, right? So I just never got into the show. You know? So I, I like Cheers. I watch Cheers. Does that count? No, that's in Boston. But I mean, it's a, it's a running show. Like, Did you watch Friends? No, I never watched Friends either. Really? I, see, I, thought, I think I had an impression that like New York people always kind of watched, at least were familiar with New York sitcoms because they're always, you know, placed in, you know, the city. 
It's so, a show. I, 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 I mean, I, I've seen episodes of The King of Queens. Does that count? I, I never I watched know. the show. But that's not really a city show. Interestingly, that's not really a <clears throat> city show in the city. Well, it's Queens, bro. That's where I live. King of Queens. <laughs> that producer's fucking hilarious. <laughs> what do you say now? Fuck him. He's, he's like, you guys shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> All right, that was a good episode, though, man. I liked it. I liked it. Glad we got Mike on. He was awesome. Yeah, man. He's a, he was a great guest. You know, you're a terrible host as always. So you're a terrible host, but yeah, you know, no, you're I'm, the best I'm, friend that I ever had. Oh, you pretty old bitch. <laughs>